Welcome everyone to We Have Issues, our weekly comic book podcast that opens the vault, feels the boom, weathers the aftershock, and marvels at every issue released this week. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who is always at my side, Ho Sway. I went to go see freaking Ultra Ultra Man. It was awesome. We're shit Ultraman. It was fucking awesome. It was a lot of fun. That's great. We, uh, someone in the certain POV Discord was talking about that, actually. Oh, sick. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I'm glad you had a good time. Mm-hmm. It's never been a thing I could attach to. I don't know. It's weird. So Ultraman is kind of like on the bottom of my tokusatsu on my list. Um, it's yeah. definitely like the, ka- the kaijus. I grew up with like the Sentais. That's because that's the only thing we had with Power Rangers. But for sure, I prefer Kamen Rider. Sentai's very, very close. And then Ultraman is kind of like down there. It's on the down there. But uh, it's because it's, it's just like... They all look the same to me, like the Ultramans. Uh, but I had to see this because it's still part of the Hidekiano's like collected universe, and I'm, and I'm so I'm so happy I went to go see it because this is connected to Shin Godzilla. Instead of being getting a Shin Godzilla two, it, it opens up with a title card Shin Godzilla, and almost like scratches it away, and you get presented with Shin Ultraman, and then you get hit with like. Spo- spoilers but not really but kind of um you get hit with like uh, all these segments of like different kaijus of like them rising but then kind of falling due to like weather elements and stuff like that that it just like they just couldn't like hack it um so it's kind of like that's like the step two like the, it's like a great follow-up and then next is actual because this one wasn't directed by him like shin godzilla was but the next the third part is shin kamen rider that is directed by hideki Aino, and that is presented it's, it's going to be premiering in March 2023 um, in Japan. So, and it always does well. It's, it's done well enough uh, to come over here. And Kamen Rider is like the most popular one. So, please get this shit over here soon. I need, I need Shin Kamen Rider. <laughs> um, what's funny is because you, you we're, we're obviously we're talking about this real quick. Um, you mentioned, you know, we got Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. That was what we got. And it's so funny because, like, I remember Power Rangers, but I also really distinctly remember the ripoffs. Do you remember Big Bad Beetleborgs? Oh, Beetleborgs is awesome, bro. <laughs> I love Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> I love Beetleborgs. So the you, metallic suits? Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> but here's the question. Do you remember the Mystic Knights of Tir Nanog? Dude, yes. I actually had an action I, figure of like the I, red I, one, I like the dragon one. That, show. <laughs> that was like, actually a really good show. It was like a, it was actually kind of slept on. I was um, really I was in love with the princess and also the evil queen. She was also really hot. Uh-huh. I'm like, <laughs> I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> and just just to set the record straight for for our listeners, yes, we did get Common Rider with Mass Rider, which is kind of like my intro and why I fucking love I've loved uh, Black Sun so fucking much, or not Black Sun, Black RX so much because that's Mass Rider. Um, yeah. But that one season just didn't hack it on the side. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I had to get that out though. I was thinking about Missing Knights of Ternanogus. That, that, that season's so great. People don't talk about that show enough. It's uh, the second season was canceled to so make more Power Rangers. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which I'm just like, mm. but it is what it is. Anyways, this is a comic book podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> we are here to talk about comic books. Um, of course, we usually we talk about the books of the week, but we are going to start with a bit of news. And I have almost every bit of news I have is DC or Marvel. So we'll start with the little bit of independent stuff I got. Um, so I know you're a fan of Jun- Junji Ito. Oh, yeah. Um, so... Tony Moore, aka the artist for The Walking Dead, the original artist, yeah, posted a drawing that he did of Junji Ito work. And <laughs> oh, work! This okay. isn't even news. It's just I want to show it to you. It's just fan art. <laughs> yeah, basically. 
of Tomi. Uh, I'm not a huge Tomi? fan of Junji Ito, so oh, that's Tomi. so good, though. Yeah. So I just thought that was really cool. I know Junji Ito is always a good, you know, oh yeah, news to bring up to people. Great so. name drop. <laughs> yeah. The only other independent news I have, and technically this isn't super independent, um, is it's about Mark Millar. Okay, so <laughs> we're going to talk about right, Mark Millar we a go. bit. Here we go. Um, first of all, you probably saw it because you work at a comic book store. Mm-hmm. Nemesis is back. Yes. Uh, interesting. I always thought Nemesis was kind of cool um, before I knew Mark Millar was, you know, Mark Millar. Um, <laughs> I, I always thought that was a kind of a cool idea. So that's the that's the one thing. And um, yeah, that's fun. Now, here's the other thing. There's going to be a crossover event in 2023 from Millar World. Oh, God. Okay. And it's going to feature 24 different franchises. No. Holy shit. Yes. Uh, we don't have a complete list yet, but names dropped were Kickass, Kingsman, mm-hmm. Hit yep. Girl, okay. Nemesis, yeah, um, and uh, King of Spies, Nightclub, I'm like Chrononauts. Is it God or the Devil, depending who wins? Yeah. So a lot. There's a lot going on there. So I'm so vaguely curious about this but i'm not gonna pick it up but yeah that'd be really i, I mean i'm a huge fan of um of the kingsman i'm a huge fan of that series oh and he wanted like is wanted gonna be on oh, the, like wanted yeah that's a good one yeah i didn't mm-hmm. think about that yeah we'll see oh probably uh, mph which is like it's about speedsters did he do was he the one that did brilliant uh, it was somebody on icon i can't remember who it was oh yeah jupiter circle for all the heroes too yeah, we're just going to talk about Millar the entire time. Uh, but let's move on to DC news. First thing is, I really like this. Uh, you know, I love me some toy news. Um, the modern Mr. Freeze has gotten a Todd McFarlane sculpt. And I dig it. Um, I really like the shot of him actually holding the freeze ray and yeah. like, like a rifle. Mm-hmm. I, I think that looks really cool. It looks like it articulates well. It looks like it, it you know, it looks natural holding it. Ooh, I, I had to see it like him standing up. I thought there's like two different whites. It's like white and like that kind of eggshell white for like the under armor. Right. It looks actually really, really cool. It's like a really good design. Yeah, I dig that. So a um, little bit of other news. So Sean Zosky, who is doing the um, Green Arrow series. Okay. And has done a lot of series that we were like, has mentioned that the Green Arrow book is actually only a six issue mini. But pre-orders can change that he said so this appears to be one of those dc books where you can get a season two like poison ivy so please buy this for god's sakes yeah exactly so um i just want to make sure that's something it could happen people it's if it's your favorite (laughs) archer in dc give him that book yeah uh the other one a similar story uh sean murphy took to social media to talk about the white knight saga oh shit and he says that he doesn't know if there will be a volume four. Ooh, I mean, so if, from, let me, I can't said, remember. I'll, I'll give you the exact quote real quick. Beyond ends on a huge cliffhanger, and I have a story for volume four that I'm very excited about, hmm. but I'm not sure if it'll continue because I've been doing Batman since 2017, and it might be wise to leave and reinvent myself so my career doesn't get stale. 
was White Knight from 2017. I feel like it was a little earlier, but that sounds about right for five years on a trilogy. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, I thought from the beginning or in somewhere towards the end of the first into the second one, I thought you said he had like this trilogy planned out. But if he if it if he's got another spark in there for something, at this point he's he's built it enough where yeah, I mean we we could probably get like a solid four fourth for an ending. I, I I would be okay with that. Yeah, I like his world. Yeah. Uh. Another bit of toy news. I'll send this to you too. There's a thing called Page Punchers, and it's marketing a comic with figures that McFarlane does, Ooh, and okay. they have a whole lineup of uh, Aquaman. Whoa, characters. they all look so dope. To be honest, right? I mean, honestly, Black Manta looks great. Black the, the armor on Black Manta looks sick as fuck. Yeah. So yeah, it's a toy comic combo. So you buy it, you get the comic and the toy, which I think is really cool. Oh, nice! They used to do it with stuff like uh, um, He Man and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think that looks really cool. Again, more toy news. Now let's move on and talk about a man named Mark Wade. Oh um, man, Mark Wade! First of all, uh, we do know that uh, he is taking over. Um the new Shazam series. Ooh, okay. And, and check this out. It's Mark mm-hmm. Wade writing and Dan Mora drawing. Oh, motherfucker. How are you doing this to me? <laughs> Why? <laughs> and his reply about it is, and this has me interested, very interested. He says, all we can tell you is that it will be fun. While playing in the sandbox that Jeff Johns established, I still want to bring more of an impulse tone. So, like the original impulse, like Kid Flash impulse run. Yeah. Okay. It'll be a uh, it'll be a comedy adventure with equal measures of both. That doesn't mean it's a laugh a minute book, but it does have a lighter tone still. I think that's a great idea because I think Shazam is a great one to do that with. Mm-hmm. And also, I'm just I was a huge fan of Impulse. Um, that was the run with Mark Wade and Mike Waringo, and that's probably my favorite Flash related run of a comic ever. Yeah, is that original impulse run? So I, that, that's very optimistic for me. Is it just them two, or just a colorist with? Uh, oh, I don't. I don't remember the original lineup. I just remember those two. Oh no, for for this new book. Oh, I don't have anything announced beyond the first two. Okay, no, just more waiting and more. I mean, it's like you already have you already have like the same uh, world's finest team. So I'm wondering how much he's gonna like you like link right. that, that link that. I mean, like to just like have like this super sweet trade of like a crossover, and it's just like the team never shifts. Yeah. And then also, he has said uh, in the same interview, uh, talking about his upcoming work that he's excited about, he said, Lazarus Planet, Batman Superman World's Finest, Shazam, or otherwise. I'm having a ball doing World's Finest, but there isn't otherwise. There are two otherwises. So there are two books that aren't even announced yet. Oh, man. (laughs) Okay. Mark, where are you playing? And we like Mark Wade. Yes. But his projects can go either way. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that's really cool. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we're going to move on to Marvel now. Uh, I, I'm just going to start with more toy news. This is fan-made. But again, I want to show you. Uh, Sleeper. Remember the... the Yes. Yes. Oh. A fan made a custom figure of the character. And it looks, looks so really cool. sick. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, that's a really cool one. So I just had to bring that up. Rom V saw it and was like, this is awesome. So that's always good. <laughs> uh, next up, Groot is getting a solo series. Uh-huh. Leading up to the new 
which we'll talk about in a minute, Guardians of the Galaxy book. Mm-hmm. This is going to be written by Dan Abnett and art by Damien Cicero, and it is going to focus on Groot's origins. Um, they did mention before he was a Guardian of the Galaxy, before the Groot fall. Now, Groot falls has me worried because that's how they're marketing the new Guardians of the Galaxy series. Right. And let's just jump straight over to that announcement next. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy has a dramatic makeover in new Groot Fall series. Uh, creative team is stacked. Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly, and Kev Walker. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a great got, book. It's got a really cool Texan or Texas uh, Western feel to it, which I yeah. really, really like. Um, everybody's outfits is just like are, are just like so different from like their norm yeah. <laughs> i'm really the, like the only person who looks normal is nebula <laughs> like yeah like yeah and then like drax in there looking all barbaric and uh gamora just looking gorgeous and obviously star lord just looking like a fucking badass cowboy our favorite bisexual space cowboy which i'm very excited <laughs> about so it's gonna be really good but the name groot fall worries me and also the fact that I don't see Rocket anywhere. Yeah. 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 Maybe he's staying <laughs> behind a way for, for him to grow, to to germinate at least, if it's going that far back for Groot to grow back. Maybe. I don't know, man. I do like the fact that Mantis is getting a shout out. Uh, right. She's being part of the core team again. Yeah, because she's so great in the movies. The fact she doesn't show up more in the comics, like except for you know when we were dealing with the um, oh, what oh was the Empire. crossover. No, yeah, Empire. No, it was before the Empire. Um, oh, damn it! Yeah, we know <laughs> with the with the plant people, <laughs> but yeah, I think Empire is what happened afterwards, wasn't it? We're tripping. Anyways, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll sit here forever. So, um, but yeah, except for that, which was really cool, but like it just kind of like happened. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now you're done. And now she's like the 12th most important member of the Guardians. And I'm like, she deserves better than that. So, yeah. All right. Uh, next thing. Another thing I love talking about in addition to toys is variant covers. Uh, there's a new variant cover series celebrating Walt Disney's 100th anniversary as a company. And I, this is just insanity. I'm just going to send it to you. It's doing what the fuck Disney characters as Marvel characters. Oh um, my God. Highlights are Pete from goofy as Thanos, which I love. Um, the Avengers looking absolutely ridiculous. And it's, I, it's the I breakout know. new Avengers. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, and then what if Mickey was the Invincible Iron Man, which is great. And the it's the extremist cover. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> great idea. This so yeah, I was going to say, scroll down. There's even more. The like the original Avengers, the Captain America uh, cover, the Fantastic Four first appearance. I actually kind of love that because Donald is the thing makes so much sense. Oh, totally. <laughs> And then uh, the the Incredible Hulk, the original run, the original first appearance. So, yeah, really cool. Uh, I think it's I think that's a lot of fun. Um, I like when they do stuff like that. So, once again, more toy news. So, Marvel Legends, the toys, they have the thing where you build a figure, which is basically like 
you have to buy every figure in the run. You get pieces of another figure for each one. And if you buy them all, you have all the pieces to build the last figure, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, the next one is going to be heavily influenced by the Star Jammers. Oh, nice. And the Build-A-Figure is my boy Chode, and he looks great. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, like, it's really cool. Uh, it does look like, um, as part of this run, it, it is going to have some um, some of the characters from the Star Jammers. I believe I saw a Corsair. I don't have a full list in front of me. Um, but also, oh, I should mention that uh, Kree, which is his little pet, yeah, uh, it's also it is. there, which is great. Cool. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm really curious to see what we're going to get from that. Um, uh, I really kind of want to buy it, like buy some figures, but I got to resist because I spent too much money on this as it goes. So yeah. Next up, uh, Storm is getting the solo series uh, mm-hmm. from Anne Nocenti and Sid Codian, which is going to explore her Omega level abilities, basically. Oh, shit. Yeah, uh, I think that's really cool. Um, I I'm wondering because I'm looking at it and she has a mohawk, so I'm thinking it's a flashback tale. Oh, okay, right, yeah. Um, so, but I love Anna Sinti. She's great. Uh, she's the one that uh, helped create uh, Longshot. Um, oh, okay, cool. So, yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. Um, she's so great in X Men Red right now that yeah, she's as hot as she's ever been. Might as well, <laughs> you know. So. Uh, the next thing is in the upcoming Marvel Voices Wakanda, because Wakanda is getting its own voices special. Um, they're debuting the first look at the quote last Black Panther in the future. Oh shit! So I'll send that to you really quick. You can kind of see what it oh. looks like. Uh, it's very sick. It's very Black Panther Beyond, if you will. <laughs> so. Um, but I love the helmet, the eyes and stuff. Yeah. I love the scratches all over it. I think that's a really cool idea. And yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with that. We don't know too much about it. Um, but I'm actually really heavily, heavily anticipating that voices. I think it's going to be really interesting, mm-hmm. especially cause I've been getting that Wakanda book and it has like the tales of the black Panthers. So yeah, this yeah. will be a really great uh, supplement. So, and then finally, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Sins of Sinister, the next big crossover for the X-Men. Um, Karen Gillan has said a couple of things that have caught my eye. Hmm. Um, he said that it's going to feature many dark dystopias, including a, and I'm quoting Karen Gillan here, a shithead Star Trek. <laughs> so that's going to be interesting. Okay. Uh, it's like a grim future where there is only sinister <laughs> like and stuff like that. So I think that's great. But the other thing he said, which I thought was really interesting, is Sins of Sinister is, quote, much bigger than the Age of Apocalypse. Yes. So that's interesting. But it's not going to cancel all the other lines, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, the series are going to get renamed just like Age of Apocalypse was. Okay. So, so like, Uncanny X Men became Astonishing X Men. Oh yeah, um, but it's, it's not. Yeah, but it's not going to cancel like Captain America or anything like that. It's not going to. Yeah, well, maybe they'll surprise us. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I mean, that, that's a fucking shout out. Because Immortal X Men is becoming Immortal X Men. Huh. X Men Red is becoming Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants. Yeah. And Legion of X is becoming Nightcrawlers. Yeah. 
So we'll see. I'm very curious with I'm the so end, curious. With the end so of fun. Krakoa coming. I know the fall of X. It's I'm coming. Just, yeah, I'm anxious. So we'll see. <sighs> and then the last thing I want to talk about is the new Ant-Man trailer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, it's insane. Mm-hmm. First of all, I really like the angle of the story they're taking, which um, is really emphasized in this one, which is the fact that Kang is like, he needs something from Scott. We, we don't really know what. We can probably guess, but he needs something from Scott. But basically, he's like, hey, you disappeared for five years. You spent so much of your life in prison. You missed out on so much of your daughter's life, basically. He's like, I have the one thing you wish you had more of, time. And that's kind of the motivation. And I think that's a really cool idea yeah. for Scott Lang, is he wants more time. He And it... <laughs> It also gives off some pretty strong Ant-Man is going to die vibes, <laughs> which yeah. I'm kind of worried about. So, yeah. Um, Cassie's all over the trailer. Uh, the Kang design is great. And we get to see him, like, just go full on, like, basically Kamehameha. Like, he's just, like, blasting and screaming. It looks cool as shit. Yeah. I'm so excited for this portrayal. But the thing that everybody is talking about is, I'm so excited about this. Modoc, Modoc, <laughs> have you seen the screenshots? I did see a screenshot. Um, he looks fucking ridiculous, and I love it. Um, <laughs> people online don't understand that he's supposed to look ridiculous. Yes, and uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited about this. Now, what's interesting about this is. Yeah, I believe it's Darren Cross who played Yellow Jacket. Is it? Yes. Okay, because that was like the the, the long the long rumor for for him too. And fuck, I mean, I'm curious if it does pan out. Yeah, that's it's one of the few like dangling threads from you know the previous phases that was just never addressed. It's like what happened to Yellow Jacket? <laughs> like, because it wasn't the biggest movie in the world. So people weren't clamoring about it, but yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure that's his face. So we'll see. So. And then also, did you see the armored form with the mask? No. Okay. So they also did a shot of him. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just send you this link. Um, so we get a shot of him with his face and then you can see in the banner here, there's a shot of him with like a mask. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> I'm so excited. His little arms. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's going to have her here. Monarch is so ridiculous. I'm going to enjoy this movie so damn much. And we only have a month. We, nice. We started so, with a little movie, a little movie called Iron Man. And we made it, baby. We made it to fucking Modoc. <laughs> we made three Ant-Man movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I'm, I'm pretty hyped. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good. Oh, yeah. I'm a big I'm a big fan of all of the um of all the Ant Man movies. I yeah, actually think they're very, they're very underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, so but I think this is probably going to be the best one. So, oh, I definitely agree. So, um, so with that said, I do want to quickly throw this out here for you uh, as a quick rundown of what to expect this year from the comic book movies. Check this. Next month, February, we get Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oof. The next month, March, Shazam 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, two months later, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Already. The next month, 
The Flash. The next month, The Marvels. The next month, Blue Beetle. Uh, And then jumping all the way to December for Aquaman 2. All in one year. Seven (laughs) comic book movies. (laughs) Yeah, so we'll have a lot for our end of the year awards this year. (laughs) Yeah, we will. So, all right. Well, that's all our news. I'm ready to start talking about comics if you are. Absolutely. Cool. Well, as always, we don't start with a bang. We start with a boom, and we're going to start with Specs. Yes. From Boom Studios, Specs number three. And I love this book. Let's get into it. Um, uh, written sorry, by David Tulaski. Oh, I, I got the uh, the missing nice. milk carton one. Yeah, so. it's, uh, I think it's the same artist from, uh, or for um, uh, the covers for The Nice House on the Lake. Oh, that makes sense. I was going to say it looks familiar. So mm-hmm. Nice. Written by our friend David Boer, uh, illustrated by Chris Sheehan, colored by Roman Stevens, and letter by Jim Campbell. Uh, so we get to the aftermath of, of this kid disappearing and, of course, the town being racist as fuck because they immediately blame it on the black kid, um, which also he was like their sports hero. But as soon as, you know, as soon as it's not convenient to cheer for him, they turn on him. And, yeah, we, we basically deal with... Uh, the main character struggled to get him out, to, to get him pulled free, basically. And we get to see a little bit more of the lore behind the specs themselves, which I thought was really cool and mm. very creepy <laughs> and very, very um, silver coin sometimes, uh, where it's like, second? it's killed us all. It's just cursed. You're fucked, kid. And I'm like, oh, God. Because I, I really like this book, but I didn't get to the point of like, it's grim and nothing's nothing's you know good can happen yeah. until this issue and i'm like oh yeah this is gonna be bad no matter what um but yeah he's able to use the the glasses in a creative way able to get his friend out and they are going to run away together and i really like it but there's something about that last panel and the look in his eyes and the and fact the that lens. the last line was "as long as we're together," oh. And then the, did, you see, did you see the lenses? Oh, in the lenses with yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm I have this ominous dread, but it's really good. I'm really enjoying this book. And again, yeah. I've, I think I've said it before. I'm happy to see David doing something else because we've seen Canto, mm-hmm. you know, all ages, great tale. We've seen Killer Queens, just a great gay space opera. Yep. And to see him do something truly spooky and teaming with someone like Christian. Yes. It's amazing. So I love seeing David stretch his legs like this. What do you think? Well, well he did. He did. A, obviously, he uh, did rain. But again, that was like working oh, yeah. off of someone else's material. But that was an adaptation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like this, this book is just awesome. Like, yeah, like the, the part where we get to like, you know, like you're fucked in the end. You keep, the more you keep using them. And I like I like all the styles, all the different styles throughout the eras. Um Really good stuff. And shout out to, like, I, sh- I should have saved it. I should have bookmarked it. Um, shout out to someone on Twitter where, like, we're talking we're talking about how, like, this town is, like, pretty racist uh, toward, towards uh, one of the main characters. And in the last issue, the cops, when they show up, the shading, the, the shading of the color white on one of the cops' belts literally spells ACAB on him. And uh, I, I went back to look at it. It's, like, it's the coolest fucking thing, dude. It's, it's, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. Really I'll, good I'll shit. I'll have to go back and look at that. Oh. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, it's, I, I just really fucking love this book. And then, like, again, and then to just, like, being, like, so promising. I was like, well, you know, I can fuck these glasses. Like, I'm already in so much deep shit to, like, have, being forced to use it because 
he's just already so screwed. And like the way, the way even like you make your wish and like, we seen it, we seen it. Well, it just happens. I know gross. It's really like this part too. <laughs> it's, it's really the best part of the book. Um, the part where like we see the wish actually happen and like where he it, like uh, space literally bends and he goes through like the mirror or through like the, the window. That yeah. shit was cool as hell. Yeah. It was really well designed. Really cool looking. It was a hell of a shot. Yeah. Yeah. All right, awesome. Next up, Know Your Station 2. Josue has not read this, but he has it, and he is going to catch up, mm-hmm. which he needs to. So I'm going to be spoiler light. Okay. Um, just so you have a chance to read it. Uh, but I am going to sell it on you a bit more. <laughs> so yeah, written please. by Sarah Gailey, illustrated by Liana Kangas, colored by Rebecca Nolte, and lettered by Cardinal Ray. This is such a great, like, mind fuck. It's the only way to put it. Like, there's a lot of like, uh, like the the sci-fi dread of like a 2001 Space Odyssey. Okay. There's this AI running the ship mm-hmm. that is clearly not being on the up and up all the way, but you can't tell if it's evil or just messed up. Right. Or is the main character out of her mind? Is she high as shit or something like that? She's she. The computer keeps telling her she's clean, but she keeps imagining things. And it starts to feel like either she is unknowingly the bad guy of the story or someone's setting her up. Oh, that's good. Okay. And it's once again, very violent and very grim. Uh, I'll give you just the first page. It's oh, just that is this, so cool. Just this fucked up autopsy. So... It's yeah, it's really, intriguing. I mean, like the, the cover is just so freaking cool. So like I'm like I I think I left my my, my first issue back at the storage, so I need to go fish it out soon. Oh god, I just opened it. That looks really good. Okay, cool. I, yeah. I didn't even bother opening it yet, but that's awesome. Yeah, I mean it's it's Leona Kangas too. I mean, oh just, yeah, Leona's awesome. amazing. So amazing, yeah. Uh, really good. Catch up on it because when issue three comes out, we'll talk about it more. Yes. Which brings us to Grim number seven. What cover did you get? Uh, cover yeah, cover A. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. I got the, I got the Florentino cover. So thin. Like I would imagine him being that thin, being that kind of rock star, but oh my god. <laughs> so great. Uh so written by Stephanie Phillips, illustrated by Flaviano, colored by Rico Renzi, and lettered by Tom Napolitano. So we're starting to get a more like concise idea of what's actually going on in the world after this. And it's first of all, very grim. And Fuck. second of all, disgusting in the best way possible um some of this stuff is just this shit right here yes i was like oh my god like there's just some really gory stuff going on and it's really interesting and i i really am the first issue of this arc i was like cool we're doing more Mm -hmm. where is this going and this issue got me hooked i'm like okay i have an idea of what's going to happen but not enough that I don't, you know, it's not dramatic or anything like that. I know the direction we're going. And so, yeah, it really sold the second volume on me, this issue did. And it was really cool. And yeah, I really dig it. What'd you think? Yeah, no, I, honestly, I really liked it too. Just like, just like getting the scope, getting, getting the idea. It's like from the repercussions, it's like, well, nobody, like, death can't happen. And like, and I actually really like the scene of like the priest having a conversation with this, like, Deity with a deity, and it's like almost like in this uh, like doubt or like or like cling on to like or cling on to, to to his own faith, 
it's just such a dope scene to fucking ride to 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 witness just like to see like how they're gonna play out and like while the whole time you see like the marking on his forehead on everybody but on him too it's just like it's just like like no, nobody's safe here but he d- he has he has no idea like that's that it's on him and then um again with these freaking fates like where where is it going from there it's always like the the epilogues here that I just like hook you again on being like that's the part that you want to know more but i always keep forgetting about it because it's just such a good book i'm like focusing on like this shit that's going on at hand yeah definitely really great stuff Mm -hmm. uh next up something is killing the children 28 book yes uh james tyne in the fourth word of delidere mikhail muerto and and world oh man it finally has come down to it erica comes face to face with the person that's hunting her and yeah, cut her. And it's just like, (sighs) cut her is obviously like, it's almost like she's bored. Yeah, absolutely. She's just playing a game. She's like, this was too easy. So I'm going to do this and ruin your entire reputation. And it's really messed up. And taking advantage of the fact that Erica is, you know, a good person. Um, So it's really interesting and she's such an evil little shit. <laughs> like, it's just like, ah. Uh. Um, I do want to call special attention to the cover, first of all. I don't know if you got this cover. Yes. But that's fucking cool. It's it's so like, dope. I mean, the flip mask, like, it's so cool. And she makes a point. I want to know, I want to know how, how and why that literally flips. Like, I thought she was not part of another faction, but she drops it on this issue where it's just like, us black masks. So it's like, what the fuck? fuck like why right exactly i also want to call attention to the last page with erica this is the most emotion we've ever seen erica show oh totally just letting loose like that like girl and cut her just like i thought she's gonna let her go free but it's just like figure the fuck out girl like i'm not i'm still not help. i'm helping you but to here that's it get the fuck out of here now <laughs> it's really interesting they've gone 27 issues without her showing that kind of emotion mm-hmm. so when she finally does it really has a big impact yeah They're like oh fuck this is real like this Caged, is serious cornered mm-hmm. this black mask is not gonna fuck around right now oh my god <laughs> she had to let loose it's so good like yeah can't wait to see where that one is going <laughs> no girl, erica slot is the best <laughs> i'm really worried about erica to be honest with you <laughs> like so all right, let's move on to our next publisher, which is Dark Horse. Um, I only got two books. I got Masquerade, number four. I'll be very quick with this one. Um, written by Kevin Smith and Annie McElfrish. Uh, art by John Springlemeyer and colors by Julia Brusco with letters by Andrew Thomas. This is the one with the um, the influencer who is also a vigilante taking out these guys that ruined her life, but yeah. also has a show where it's basically to catch a predator. Um yeah, it is is a really interesting issue. Uh, it dives into it a bit more. She also has like a love interest in this now. Okay. Uh, he was introduced earlier on, but now they're like in a relationship, and it's interesting. She um she takes down a priest because she finds out that this priest is one of the bad guys, basically, and she finds out that he likes to be dominated basically so she ends up showing up wearing this oh that's a dope 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 outfit 
and she basically tries to punish him and he has a heart attack and drops dead <laughs> so it's like oh shit and so it all gets out to the to the press that you know this guy this priest died in a sadomasochistic scene and all this stuff so it ruins it ruins his reputation anyway so uh but not a lot to talk about in typical issue four you know there's going to be more so i'm not yeah, going to stick too much right. with it which takes me to my other Dark Horse book, Star Wars The High Republic Adventures number two. Mm-hmm. This is the one uh, with uh, with the uh, Padawan who joined like the pirate crew with Maz Kanata's pirate crew. Uh, written by Daniel Jose Older, uh, illustrated by Tony Bruno, colors by Michael Atea, and letters by Comicrafts Jim- Tyler Smith and Jimmy Bentcourt. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. They're going on this mission, and we got all these like cool pirate characters that sh- that they're aligned with. And um, long story short, they get into a fight with another pirate group. They're on a ship that can only be controlled by someone who's sensitive to the Force. So the Padawan has to actually help and kind of reveal they're Force sensitive. But Maz Kanata knew the whole time. She knew exactly who they were. She knew their name and everything. So it was kind of pointless in the end. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was really cool. But they're kind of like lost in a drift. And Maz is like, I want my ship back, basically. So um, yeah, really cool. I'm enjoying it. I still miss the big group of Padawans. I miss that story. I really enjoyed that. You know, Star Wars Strange Academy. Padawan field trips. That was my hook. Yeah. Yeah, I do miss that. I hope that comes back at some point because this character is a Padawan. Mm-hmm. Maybe when they rejoin, maybe this is just setting that back up. I hope so. I'm really worried IDW because they had that book. Oh, okay. They can't bring it over, which we can't bring sad. the idea over. Yeah, maybe. So, but it is what it is. Uh, but I'm enjoying it. It's really good. So, which brings me to Oni Press. Once again, I'll be very quick. Rick and Morty Crisis on C137 number three um quite a gap between these two issues so i had to go back and read the second issue again written by stephanie phillips illustrated by ryan lee colored by doug garbark and lettered by crank um so our second stephanie phillips book of the week (laughs) um yeah this is the one where rick tries to make uh, a new group of superheroes to fight all these bad guys that are shown from their past and they're all killed and so now he has to make a new group of superheroes, which is his family. Uh, so they all get super like costumes and powers. Uh, nice. Summer has a big hammer made out of a cell phone, basically. <laughs> it's great. And Jerry, they're like, where's Jerry? And Jerry shows up just like this. And he is the Hawkeye of the group, of course, <laughs> which I thought was pretty great. And he's like, why do I have a bow? I don't even know how to use this. And that's kind of the joke for the rest of the Jerry time. Well, the big evil leader of the bad guys is hidden behind a cloak. And you don't really see him very well. You see like little tentacle hands and stuff like that. That's all you really see. Um, but they reveal the full group. I'm not going to go over it. It's, it's a lot of characters from Rick and Morty, I'll say. Um, but they have this big fight. They're fighting, fighting. And at the end... The big bad guy brings down his cloak to reveal his true identity. But before he does, this is what the ship looks like. Which, if you're a Rick and Morty fan, might look familiar. Mm -hmm. They reveal the bad guy is, in fact, a fucking (laughs) Meeseeks. That's horrible. As Rick put it, a fucking Meeseeks losing its mind. That's fucking awesome. (laughs) 
yeah, hideous looking. I love the art. It's just disgusting in the great way. So, yep. Uh, again, in issue three. So we'll check in. Maybe the next one will be the last because some of the Rick and Morty's only go four. So we'll see. Which brings us to the vault. Opening the vault. We got two books this week. End after end number five. Yes. So I'm very excited about this. Josue didn't get a chance to read this, right? Um, no, I it's um, I couldn't find four last time. I still have him, but I picked up five anyway. I still read. I still read it. Okay. Okay, you read it. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I wasn't sure. Okay, so we got David Andrew, we got Tim Daniel, we got Sanando C, we got Kurt Michael Russell, and we got Jim Campbell. Um, so the previous one, it, it, if there was an issue to miss, it would have been that one because. Yeah. It ties directly into what happens here. Yeah, I definitely kind of picked up on like a lot of stuff I kind of missed. Basically, he broke up with his with his with his teacher. Yeah, essentially is what the last issue was, and this is kind of coming to grips with. No, that doesn't need to happen. And really, this story, I mean, you know, you can tell by the cover, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really isn't about him. It's about Grink. You know, like he's it's him being like. This is my responsibility. And like this other one, like talking to him, what was his name? Quither or something like that? Yeah, Kither. Uh, basically being like, what your, your, what your strength is, you know? And I thought it was really interesting in this world that we've pretty much only known violence is basically like, this is like an actual emotional moment. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> um, he stills is. Um, he he's in a fight. He's in a sword fight with a dude, and it's really grim and weird. And I, I it made me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, because this dude's like, you don't understand. You know, you, I, I like he kind of implied that he, you know, he's a grunt soldier, and and our main character is kind of a special case. You know what I mean? Right. And so I thought that was really interesting that there are you know countless you know, faceless enemies out there. And it makes this world even the more sad. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that was kind of grim. <laughs> but, yeah, they have a fight, and basically, he ends up winning by kind of fighting dirty a little bit, <laughs> which is great. But um, he ends up... Oh, and there's a really sad moment when the guy dies. The bit about the... Fl- I was a florist, you know? And I'm like, oh, uh. right, yeah. <laughs> it's like anybody just crosses over. Literally, that's what happens. Yeah, it's just like, man. But they do reunite in the end. And it does seem like they're going to work together and like try to make it work from here. So I really liked it. Uh, Walt is a cool character. Um, I like where we're going with this. But this was really Grink's story, this issue. Yeah. And I, it was really cool. I liked it. What do you think? Like, I mean, like if anything, like Walt needed, like, needed to grow for like to adapt, to survive in this world. Like I like that Grink also, like we finally got caught up with Grink and how much he needed to grow and how much like, dude, like, and how much the other guy called him out. It's like, yeah, you've been, you've been complaining about losing your squires left and right, but it's also like, you're also that much a part of it on why they've also been, been falling. And it's like, so it's, it's cool that he got to like, like now you have to, you have to grow in that aspect too. And yeah, I'm excited for where these two can go, can actually go now. And um, yeah, what cover did you get for this one? Cause you kind of mentioned Grink on yours. Oh, that's why my focus on the other night. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, I got the crank cover. Nice. 
All right, next up, the end of the Remy-nominated vault book, Mindset, number six. Written by Zach Kaplan. Art by John Pearson with Jimmy Savage. Letter by Hassan Atsmani Al-Hau. I'll be very brief. This book, it made me feel. (laughs) (laughs) um, There's a... It was really good. And there's just this sense of hopelessness about it that was really like, I don't mean let it dragged me down. I mean that, but I don't mean the negative form of that. Like, it's a good way. Like, it's, it's, it made you feel like tiny and helpless, but in a good way. You know what I mean? And I right. really, really liked it. It's obviously very artistic visually. Uh, and I'm sure you're going to talk about that a bit yourself. Oh, yeah. So, um, good panels, pages. But, in the end, I thought it was a really cool story, and it was inevitable. The ending was inevitable, basically. There wasn't a lot of choice of where that could go. And, uh, yeah, and then the little tag at the end, the little, you know, this is this could be our world, you know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is, it's just, yeah, about addiction to everything, to social media and stuff. So, I really liked it. Um, very well done. I love this creative team. They work really, really well together. So, mm-hmm. what did you think? It was. It, it's really good. Like w- one of Vault's finest. Like there's a lot of fun ones, a lot of great ones. Uh, but this is just definitely one of those Vault at its at its finest. Like all the all the full pages, all the great layouts. But this one, where they break apart the faces, but it's like if you put oh, yeah. them together, it's the same face. It's just like it's really cool how like they carry that dialogue. But again, it's like when you're getting into it, I like how it's like almost like on purpose or like they're, they're getting into each other's minds in, in, in this, like in this, uh, in this scene, um, a very smart book. It's, it's one that definitely like if you've been waiting, for, like, been waiting for the trade for this one. Definitely don't miss out on it when it comes out collected. Cause it's, it's, it's <laughs> what a fucking read of, of a, of a trip. And yeah, the, the ending on how it all culminates and what the solution should be, uh, should be, um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. One of all its finest for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that takes us to Image Comics. And let's just start with this stack. Uh, we're going to start off hot. Black Cloak number one. Yeah. What cover did you get? Okay. I almost went with the catchphrase, but this one caught my eye and I had to see it play out into the story. I love the mermaids. So guess what? I got that cover. Yeah. But I got the virgin. <gasps> no way. Oh, what a great find. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Great cover. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, beautiful cover. Fantastic. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, written by Kelly Thompson, art and colors by Meredith McLaren, letters by Becca Carey. For those who don't know, this is the same team that did Heart in a Box, which okay. is a fantastic graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I got it behind me somewhere. But um, Meredith McLaren is actually a local uh, to the Oof. Phoenix area. Nice. And I actually met Meredith. She's very nice and signed nice. my copy of Heart in a Box. Uh, so I'm very ha- happy to see this happen. And uh, I'm also very excited that there is a small uh, uh, con coming up. It's not even a con. It's going to be like a expo that's just going to be comic creators. Nothing else. Oh, good. It's t- only 10 bucks to get into. And oh, she'll be there so I can get her to sign this. So I'm very That's excited. awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I want to see what book it is. Heart in a Box. Yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. Mm-hmm. Right here. So Heart in a Box. It's published by Dark Horse. Ooh, okay. And this is the one. Uh, I, I remember telling you about it a while ago. Oh, let me see the spine. I, I, oh. The Dark Horse is we have a... Oh, yes. Okay, we do have that one at the shop. Awesome. It's about a woman whose heart's broken. Mm-hmm. And she wishes her broken heart away. She wishes she didn't feel. Uh, Someone takes it, and then she realizes that being empty is worse than feeling grief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so yeah. she goes She goes on a journey around the country to find the seven pieces of her broken heart. And it's fantastic. The cool. art is so cool. It's very, again, it's Meredith McLaren. So, I mean, you're reading this with me, but like this will give you an idea of like... Like her art style is just very, yeah, oh, I love like it. Almost, almost manga, like almost like a manga yeah. style in some ways, and I really, really like it. So, recommend Heart in a Box. I want to get that out of the way before we start talking about Black Cloak, because Black Cloak is also great. Very good. Black Cloak. I'm. Rec- this is my Liz recommendation of the week. Uh, that oh, one I would love really- to know her thoughts on this one. Basically, it's it's. It, we're set up in the future, and we're set up that there's like one city of humanity left. Um, and I really like this cause it gives me vibes of a lot of things that I really enjoy. Um, so for instance, the whole magical creature feel plus a murder mystery gives me like a carnival row feel. Yes. But it's not carnival row. It's not like a ripoff or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just gives me that vibe. Um, and, but it's also like a bit of a, like, I don't want to say sci-fi cause it's not sci-fi. But it's like, you know, like magic punk, if you will. Sure. Like, and I really, really like that too. And also deals with like, you know, some aristocracy issues and like little, I like worlds with little like um, things that are unique to that world. Mm-hmm. Um, so like how this, how this ruling class works seems to be strange, you know, and the arranged marriage and the, the, um, banishing her from it and everything going on there is very interesting and it makes me want to dig in because it's some lore there that I don't have yet. Yeah. And you know me and lore. And it's also a really interesting murder mystery that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot going on here. And I mean, again, I'm a fan of Meredith McLaren. Uh, also hinges. If you read hinges, that's her as well. Okay. Um, this is probably, and I, as much as I loved heart in a box, this is my favorite art of hers. I oh, really cool. like this. Yeah. Like, there's some really great shots, like stuff like this. This overhead shot. There's a lot of great pages. Yeah, a lot of great faces. Yeah, like, a lot of great, great expressions. Yeah, and then a lot of like little fun stuff in the background, mm-hmm. or little throwaway characters, like this shot of the police department. You can just oh, sit yeah. and stare at it for like three minutes and pick it apart for different characters and stuff, and just like oh, just like this, like the landscape behind this shot. Mm-hmm. It's just really gorgeously composed so i love this i love everything about it it's custom made for me basically (laughs) so um i'm really excited uh very thoroughly enjoyed it i highly recommend everybody jump on right now what do you think yeah i mean like it's just like like the the cliche comparison but like to take to to even take it away like from it um it's um um like saga but instead of in space you have this it's a fantasy murder mystery 
and it's just like I fucking love it. There's like, I mean, you can tell it's like some stylistic towards like I can see like some faces like Fiona would, would also make because like I just really like this art style too by uh, by Meredith. I'm already super honed in on this world, um, and the, and this murder mystery is already so deep on like okay, instead of just like the one murder, it's like these three that have to be linked together and like and like the way these are all like by different classes like i'm i'm already i'm already so, so deep in this mystery i'm 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 all for it but then the whole fact that's like the the, the the for for the main character that that she got like exiled from her family for basically kind of being like a, being a cop but it's just like there's obviously more than more to it um it's just really good and also just like and because of like the the future aspect or like the modern style of like the use of magic this is where like there were it reminded me of uh nimona where like the the world is very similar, where it's like a fantasy, but they just have like these screens that pop up, but it's just like not necessarily TV, but it's like obviously had to do with world with magic. I love this fucking world, and th- this book is, is awesome. Yeah, it's really really cool. Um, it's definitely an image book you want to jump on. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee we will be talking about this at the end of the year. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yes. So. One last thing about Meredith that I actually adored. I also have my copy of El Mano da Destino. Oh, cool. um, and so the creator of this, uh, Jay Gonzo, mm-hmm. was there when I signed or when Michelle signed uh, that book for me. He signed yeah. this book, right? Mm-hmm. You can see his signature right there. Well, she pointed out to me, she saw him sign it. She goes, oh, I did a print in that book. And so I turned to the back and there's her print. And she signed it for me. Ah, oh, sick. That's cool. And then she pointed out other artists that were at the signing, including Mike Macropolis and others and had them all sign my page. That's so dope, dude. <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, that's such a cool and made my day when that happened. So she's great. Good person. Buy her book, please. <laughs> so all right. Now moving on to other image. Josue. It's time. For the time before time. <laughs> Number 19. Tell me all about it. Yes. Uh this one um Co-written with uh, Roy McConville and Declan Shelby, art by Jorge Coelho, um, colors by Chris O'Halloran, and lettering by Hassan Otsamane Elhau. So, we made it back. Uh, Tatsu, for the time being, he really is gone. Like, I think the story really is moving forward. Uh, We last left off with um, Nadia being able to uh, get on that pod and make that one last jump to the way, way back uh, to where there were last sending people um, from the very future. And Tatsuo had to like go click this one thing on the outside before even the bounty hunter showed up and he hit it. And obviously with the all the rage exposure, that was it for him. He was already dying. Basically she made it. We get to find out. We, th- this is kind of like this whole arc starts with like this whole, basically a whole new story. Uh, Nadia makes it back to her family and it's perfect. I mean, like it's it's great. She's so she's seeing her mom or her little sister now being a little older, but it, obviously everything's not going to be the same. Um, Nadia got stuck with like got got split up and to be with her with her dad, and he didn't make it. Almost like I think two years after that, um, through like this, this other like uh, future disease. Meanwhile, um, the mom kind of basically moved on. She has a husband right now. Um, a new kid, like so, she has, like Nadia has a, a new sister, and the mom is also like the mayor of this whole civilization in the past. That's like doing well for itself. It's like it's in the green, like everything is green, everything is growing, 
it's like it's it's scientific. It's not it's not like uh, prehistoric. It's all like pretty scientifically advanced. It's it's awesome. <laughs> like, but Nadia just isn't really buying it all. She's I mean she's just like I mean she's kind of heard that the mom kind of like moved on. The mom really had like the whole issue. The mom never like even like, asked or like how like what happened to your dad or what happened to your father or to even know like what his last like times were. Uh, the mom's completely kind of moved on. And just, I mean, like, it's just like bugging out Nadia. It's like, fuck, is she really going to be like, and it's like, nothing's right for her right now. So she goes to like, find like her pod, like not to leave, but to like, just like at least be somewhere comfortable. And Kevin's there, the, the, the robot that they picked up along the way. And he got, bl- he got put somewhere else. And he's been basically, he, he had just made it to a pod as well. And in this past, because of where they came from the future and how much they hated robots um, right now, it's it's still basically chapter two of that. Like those people, like kind of like are still running by that, and like they they don't. Even though it's all scientifically advanced, they don't have any sort of robots. And so Kevin has just been like sneaking like his way over. It's like really hard for him. And the, all of this is like okay for Nadia. Um, <laughs> uh, she's like, okay, it's cool. Like I'll help you out or whatever bullshit. Um, instead of like even trying to help out her family, there's still some some stuff happening with the syndicate back in the future. No, in the, in the future, right now, back from like this context into the future with all the syndicate and all the and all the other um, uh, mobs, they're, they're still kind of like doing stuff over there. But I honestly don't even see how that relates to now, any anymore. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that all ties together. Again, time travel, it's fucked up. Don't do it. <laughs> so, is this like are we ending at twenty? Is there an end I, in sight? There's no. I mean, this seems. Well, this is. No, this should be the first issue of the of the new arc. Yeah. Um, so I I don't see the next one being the, the the ending. Though we did just lose like one of the main characters. I mean, like what seemed it seemed very definite. If the last issue was like a climatic ending for Tatsuo, and this is just like the next step over, but I still don't see it completely coming to a, to a close. Um, we'll right. see. Yeah, I'm very curious because mm-hmm. uh, it's been. It's been a ride. It's been a long ride. It's been so many. There's so many jumps. Yeah, listening to it from you, I mean, <laughs> you know, time travel always complicates stories. So it's yes. like keeping track and stuff. Yeah. When it's over, I'm up to like line them all up and like count how many times they actually uh, jumped through time through years. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, Dark Ride Four. Nice. Uh, so. I got the cover with Halloween on it because mm-hmm. I love her. And despite my terrible taste in women and men for the record, <laughs> <laughs> written by Joshua Williamson, art by Andre Brasson, color by Adriana Lucas and letter by Pat Brasseau. So it gets real. It gets fucking real. Okay. So we have the girl who's looking for her dead brother who died at the end of the first issue, right? Mm-hmm. She breaks into the theme park. She runs into the owner of the park's son, who's just like, what the fuck are you doing here? And at the last issue, they were being like bothered by one of the mascots. That's kind of lifts up there. And he's like yelling at him and he looks around and he's surrounded by all the mascots. Yeah. yeah the fuck? That's crazy. So meanwhile, she is seeing a vision of her brother uh, dead talking to her, but he disappears. So she's wandering around and she wanders over to the devil's do, which is the ride he wore rode before he died. 
Um, she goes inside and sees her brother hanging from the ceiling. This is his actual body. And it becomes a big news story because basically he killed that story is he killed himself and the, the fans didn't realize it was a real dead body. Thought it was part of the ride. So it just been sitting there for a month. No, right. So it's like really grim and weird. And they're talking about like what they're going to do. And it's just like, yeah. But then all of a sudden, um, remember the, remember the little girl that tried to kill herself? was slashing her wrists. Uh-huh. Yeah. So she's still in the hospital. The son is her her father. So he goes to sit with her and he starts getting texts about how suddenly they're selling all the tickets. And suddenly there's a producer wanting to make the cartoon and all this stuff is happening. People are into it because someone actually died. Like it's ended up being the best thing that could have happened to the park, basically. And he's like, This is weird. And he basically his dad talks him into to leaving the hospital, leaving his daughter behind. And he's like, come help, you know, come here. We need you here. The girl wakes up and she goes, daddy. And he's not there. And it zooms in her arm. And there's a little devil symbol. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Long story short, we do find out who's behind it all. There's also this really grim moment where um, this guy who's been making YouTube videos like undercover behind the theme park and YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. He shows up and he runs into some of the mascots and they have this mask for him, right? He's like, okay, I guess I'll wear the mask. And they show the inside of it and it looks like this. Oh, nice. And, and so they shove it down on his head. Oh no. And it's just making this worrying sound. <laughs> and then we find out the real, the real villain, the one that's been manipulating all this all along. Halloween the daughter that's dope she, she says like father like daughter what the fuck so uh, <laughs> my heart <laughs> like I said I have terrible taste in women <laughs> so uh, but really really great I've really enjoyed it. it's so grim it's so violent and weird it's just really really good so now for the complete opposite book gospel number three <laughs> <laughs> Uh, by William Morris. This is my favorite issue so far. Really? I really like this issue. I think it's because they're on their journey now. Mm-hmm. And that I think that flows better for me as a story. Uh, yeah. I really like the series so far. It's very great. I know our buddy Steven really enjoys it too. Yes. Um, but yeah, this is my favorite issue so far because they're on their journey. And, you know, it, it's kind of simpler. And... uh yeah, it's just really cool. So we get we get to find out a bit more. Like I, like okay, let's let's start with the fact that they got robbed off screen. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I absolutely love that. Um, also, we do get another flash forward in this one. Yeah, which was really good because we did kind of need to see that. Um, <laughs> and long story short, there's someone hunting them down, the stalker, and. Basically, they get robbed by the same people that our heroes do, but is able to stop them and take back all the heroes' stuff. They confront them at a tavern, and basically, basically, the heroes are like, they start a bar fight, and Matilda, Matilda starts a bar fight. And 
basically uses it as a chance to get away. It was just really like using your surroundings and very much like a, here we go, let's go, let's get the fuck out of here kind of thing. They go outside, they look into stealing the horse, find out it is the stalker's horse and has all their stuff in it. <laughs> it's like, wow. Like, I, I really like it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's a really cool story. Like, the whole idea is like, what is a legend? You know what I mean? Like, what's the legend? Uh, what inspires people? And this is very much like a things just kind of worked out for the hero and not like they were just like a stalwart hero that stood their ground like, oh, hey, our stuff, you know, like, and I really like that. I think it's it's fun and interesting to see that. And then how was the story warped later? You know, I think that's really cool. So right. I'm really enjoying it. I like the characters quite a bit. I hope this isn't last we see the stalker because they're amazingly dramatic. So, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I, I was a huge fan of the stalker as well. It's almost like this was like their issue. This is like kind of like, like for their introduction, the solid one, like on the trail, on the hunt, got to them, but it was like, until they were just like, well, you just using the, using her smarts over like over her skills. that she just like still be able to get away. It's just the, the interjection of the flash forward that just confuses the shit out of me. I want to, I want to know what the point is point is um, already, but we'll see. We'll have, we'll have to see though. Though really, really good uh, book so far. Yeah. I'm really liking it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All right, that brings us to the least we can do, number five. I went with the villain cover. Oh, they are they are great. I just yeah. go with the heroes. Honestly, the hero one was sold out. Oh, because cool. I think it was Next. I think it was Elisa tweeted, um, are you gonna get the hero or the villain cover? And I tweeted, why not both? Uh-huh. Oh, that's right, I did see that. Yeah, so and then I couldn't get the hero one and I felt annoyed. <laughs> so <laughs> um so written by Yolanda Zanfardino, art by Elisa Romboli. Um, yeah, I love, okay, let's talk about the, the credits real quick because Jim Valentino, the editor of Shadowline is marked as old and in the way. <laughs> <laughs> love that. So yeah, we're starting to see this little, we're starting to see the romantic tension build. Yes. Which thank God. Cause I mean, we, we have seen it, but we also look for subtext. There's actually text now, which I really like. And there's so many cute moments like this shot. Her helping her zip up the dress. Oh my god, so, yes. I'm like, just kiss her. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really cool. I really like it. Um, the party scene is unlike anything we've seen in this book so far. And I thought it was really fun and well done because it's kind of like her actual world. She's more comfortable there than any of them, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I really like it. Um, it's been a very good run. And I'm wondering again how long it's going to go. I right. if this was an ongoing, I would be totally happy with it, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's not. <laughs> but it's really really cool. Uh, oh well, yeah, it says right there, series finale is the next issue on the back. I just oh saw no that. shit, yeah. Really? So huh. yeah, but look at that. Look on the back. Look at that cover of her with the wings. The cover B. Yeah, that looks dope. So, what do you think? Uh, well, that, that that makes me so curious because like I I would really think that the that she would have gotten caught because like the whole time she was trying to like she was yeah she's coming up to come up the party but she's trying not to get caught for being to be recognized because like she's literally going back home um and what like her siblings were kind of like lingering about so i for sure thought like it's like somewhere like I, we're, we're gonna get at least one more before, before the ending um yeah i just I, I i i like the change of pace like going to the party was just something so different we've just been having like these uh uh training arcs and like just and and, and character building but like this like pause of like 
enjoying ourselves almost, but like in an infiltration was like a, a, a really cool uh, change for the story. So damn, I'm really surprised that the next one's going to be the finale. I don't want it to go away. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, well, I mean, we have, we still have Hecate's will to finish. Yes, please. And then, um, I did see a rumor of another one of their books coming back. Ooh. Maybe via Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Uh, so, don't want to jinx it. <laughs> uh, they tweeted something about a thing called Truth. Oh, okay. They had two more arcs, and they're like, hey, if we did this as a Kickstarter, would you guys pay for it? And I replied, in all caps, yes. Because so, <laughs> uh, I love that book. I nominated I it for an award this year. So. Yeah, I would need to see that one through. <laughs> yeah. So, All right, next up. And I really want to talk about this one. Little Monsters, number nine. Yeah. Written by Jeff Lemire, art by Dustin Nguyen and Steve Wands. I'm doing the lettering. We get two kids' origins in this one. Three, technically, because we got the twins. Oh, yeah. Usually, usually we only get one origin story per book. So this one, it kind of picked up a bit. And it's really good. And the team is just falling apart. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah the divide is very predominant and I can't believe they actually went through with it and destroyed the I library. Know. Like I'm so upset about that. That's so like just literally little fucking monsters. Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, it's, it's really sad and there's a big divide. And then of course we get the reveal at the end of like, tell us the truth. So, Oh Yeah. It's been a really great run so far. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm dreading what's going to happen. Because these kids aren't all going to make it. It's not going to happen. Mm-mm. So, hmm. What do you think? Um, so, yeah. like, like the, the first order story. Uh, oh God, it, it just sucks. Like Some of these kids just like didn't deserve like any of this. Um, but the the twins. Like I, like, I really felt bad. Especially when, when we come back to like the present. And just like, I was treating. And, yeah, he went like a little dark side. But it, that wasn't until, like, the other little shit, like, came to, like, um, push him onto onto drinking blood. And, like, the, I just feel bad for him how he's just, like, left alone. Because, like, like you, you and me were, like, were, like, talking about, like, all these characters. And, like, they didn't rank so high. But these two kids didn't even, didn't care about that shit. They just had each other, which is all that matter. And it's, like, seeing him alone, just, like, it's just it so fucking sucks. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. It's definitely the first issue where you really felt the absence yes and you're like fuck this sucks <laughs> like, um but yeah robin's gonna have to uh, start uh spend some truths now so i'm excited for the next issue yeah all right let's move on to two graves number three yes story by genevieve valentine uh art by ming doyle colors by lee Lefridge, and letters by aditya bidikar i'll be quick I, I am enjoying this book but i know it's like one that you're really enjoying so i know you want to get a bit of time with it I really like it, and there's so much that's still a mystery. We're getting answers, but not nearly as much as you would expect. Yeah. And there's so much imagery that's just like, you want to go, what's this mean? There's so much. Like, just this last shot. Uh-huh. Just the positioning of the bodies. You're like, what? what is this telling me? And you're <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm reading into every single panel. Every little detail I'm reading into, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, I really, really thoroughly enjoy it. And I definitely, once I know more, I can't wait. Also, uh, last thing I'll say, 
this um this house with the aspen growing through it uh-huh. is so fucking cool. <laughs> I just got to get that out there. So, what did you think? Um, it is. I really like this book. I love this book a lot. Um, in in a way where like it does. Once we finally get, get to like the point where it finally all it, it unfolds, or we finally like see the big scope of it, um, it's gonna be great. But I'm loving each page along the way like what i don't know about it well literally it reveals to me or like the little teases where like um the part was someone's gonna reach out to her for for like a handshake or something or yeah the the sheriff where he reaches for like a handshake and she's like she's not supposed she can't touch others or or at least like not until she wants to for like like the thing but like when people when she's like hunting down some like actual bad bad people but then you're calling out you're, you're calling out the last page like the positioning and it's like and he's reaching out to her and it's like Oh, like what is this ghost like? And it's like I don't even yeah. understand him all the way yet. I fucking love Two Graves. It's like one of the best, one of the coolest mysteries so far. Yeah, it's really interesting, and it's for and the then, little information we have, it's addicting. Yeah, and exactly, and exactly, because it's like it's like the little give and take, like of, of literally being uh, of, of being addicted to this book. Where like uh, at the end of the first issue, it was like the tease of like those three bikers. In the second issue, they finally come into play. We talk to them, and we kind of understand why they, why they're there. And in this issue, it's just like a one panel tease of them, and it's just like so 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 they're back on the on the background. It's like oh, like this back and forth. It's just it's, it's so good. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to Bloodstained Teeth Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Story by Christian Ward, art by Patrick Reynolds, color by Heather Moore, and letters by Hassan Atzmani and how. This book is insane. I love it. <laughs> it's just so vivid. The visual, the visual of it all. Um, Atticus being such a piece of shit all the time, but still being the hero of the story is hilarious to me. How? <laughs> I know. I still cheer for him, but I know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like um, this time, the sip he's dealing with is that chef. I thought that was a great story. Mm-hmm. Um, as a foodie myself, who <laughs> loves lots of celebrity chefs, just seeing him, I was like, "Yes, excellent." And then we kind of see the, you know, the setup, like this undercover operative, you know, trying to get in in with him to take out the doctor, presumably. I assume. Yeah. So really, really interesting. Yeah, everything's coming together. You know what I mean? I think it's going to be really cool. So, what do you think? A very fun issue. Yeah, the 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 chef sip was just like was a great story. Like like all these like where, where you can just like take it or what are these uh um what are the ambitions to to these to these sips? Not even vampires, although they are, but mostly for sips. Like what are these like human ambitions that they want to like uh that they need for eternal life? And this dude just wants to be a a chef, but then like he just threw in a twist up to his restaurant. It's awesome. And then um the fucking the fact that Joey's gone. The Joey's like, brother, I'm fucking out. Like that's, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's the way you're gonna roll. I'm not even alive. I'm just a figment of your imagination, but that's the way you're gonna roll. I'm fucking out. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um I love the chef thing because it's absolutely ridiculous. And mm-hmm. Similar to some of the others, but specifically this this sip we've dealt with. Yeah. There's a thing I love, because I could see this one specifically being the vampire blade kills before the credits roll in a movie. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. Like, 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 can't you just see, like, 
a movie opening with a fine dining restaurant and then Blade and then walking and, in. And all the cameos on who's dining, but then it's yeah, specifically yeah. walking to the back. <laughs> and then he kills him, and then it's like, Blade 4. You know? <laughs> like, and so that's why it fit this so well, because it was just such a ridiculous premise, but also great. You know what I mean? And I, just, I love it. It's so good. So, <laughs> All right, next up. All Against All, number yes. two. Uh, written by Alex Pacnadel uh, and ca- drawn by Casper Vingard. Letter by Hassan Atzmani El Hal. Having a big week. Um, I love this book. It's this this issue. Yeah. Got me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, I was like, this is really cool. Good Casper's yeah. art is always great. But I need to know where it's going. And this book kind of gives me a good idea. And it really sets up a lot. And it answered some questions, which I really appreciated. Um, I cannot stress enough how much I enjoy the narrator not being a human being. Yes. Like, it's so unusual, which is weird to say. But to have it being an alien, a completely alien alien. Mm -hmm. And the little things of, like, the way their bodies work. Right just being really natural to them, but completely alien to us. So it doesn't get explained because it wouldn't be natural for them to explain everything. You know what I mean? Like, and I really, really appreciate that. And then just the human in question that's in the story, it does a great job of othering him, making him the other. So I really like the way this story is told. I, it's just great. And again, the art it's Casper. We love Casper. So, uh, what do you think? Music, it's, it's, a, it's a really good it's a really okay. good book and i'm so glad i called it where it's just like or it's like the idea of it where it's like it's it's predator but literally flipped on the script where it's just like we're following this group of alien scientists but the monster in the woods is a human instead and like or this human that got to adapt and survive and as it's practically like this like super being right now and how it's like on the strength it had to adapt with or how it got to be brought up it's so freaking good and the art just speaks for itself on how freaking good it is um but the alien that that we follow is like the main character it's um when it's going through like the backstory of of the baby and it's like and how the the guilt he felt upon like leaving it or, or upon seeing like seeing it eye to eye and it's like the face that kaspar drew for that baby and like and like that's how, how he describes like like and i in that moment i knew like he measured me and that baby has not forgotten for that revenge and it's like oh <laughs> it was such a good moment yeah definitely really good all right our last image book is the dead lucky number five uh written by melissa flores drawn by a french carla magno colors by mattia iacano uh flats by luca mattioni and letter by becca carey uh i really like this because you know she's teaming up with the criminal organizations, basically the, the street gangs, yeah, that take out the corporation, which is great because corporations are more evil than street gangs. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Um, I have to admit, though, there was at one point where I don't know why, but the the whole Spider-Man from Tobey Maguire, the whole "you mess with one of us, you mess with all of us," <laughs> for some reason that popped into my head when I was reading this, and I started laughing to myself because I was imagining one of them saying it, but. Um, I really like it. I like how they're exploring her powers and can she control multiple mechs at once? You know, that's really cool. Um, and the way she like manifests the quote spirits 
of yes. her friends. Like we're kind of digging more and more into that, which I really like. Also, she hooks up with the cop, so I love that too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just love it, and God, I just love her character design. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really it's not something I really focused on too much. But it is a badass character design. I really right, enjoy the, that the, the close-up shot of like the helmet. Oh yeah, I was literally and, just on that page. <laughs> yeah, and then this one, how like how tactical it looks because like I mean she kind of, she does come from like she does have a military background, so it makes sense. Like it's just like it is such a dope design, and that new gun she's sporting uh, is actually pretty fucking dope. Yeah, really, really cool. And then um, of course, with every issue, we get a recipe, and this one's boba pudding. And yes, yes, please, yeah. I want some boba pudding. <laughs> I love all the recipes. <laughs> So, uh, I really like it. It's really cool, and I'm really hoping Dead Lucky crosses over with the Radiant books when they have that inevitable crossover. Seriously, girl, come uh, over to the to the East Coast because that's where they're all at. So they, they can all come to you. So it'll be yeah. easier for you to come over here <laughs> or to over there. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you think? Anything you want to add? Um, no, it's just it's just a fun series so far. Like, I'm, I'm it's it's interesting how she had to like uh, pa- team up with with Ship or some of the the bad guys for yeah to take down like the bigger organization down. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's shift over to DC. Oh, boy. We'll get to this quick. Danger Street number two. Oh, yeah. So, written by Tom King. Art by Jorge Fornes. Colored by Dave Stewart and letter by Clayton Cowles. I don't have a lot to say this week because I still don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. There's a lot okay. going on. There's a lot of moving parts. I, my review is, it's good. I'm enjoying it. I just don't know what to think yet. It is a 12-issue mini. So we'll see. But yeah. the characters in this span from some preteen boys to dark side. Like, so it's like, there's a lot going on. And it's one of those books that eventually these are all going to click together. And it's going to be great. Um, Starman is featured very heavily. And I love Starman. So that, if nothing else, that'll keep me buying this book. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, keep an eye on it. It's really good. The art's really good. Uh, I'll throw that out there. I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, if you are a deep cut DC hero fan or DC fan, this is a good one. And it is a black label book. So, all right, next up, Wildcats number three. I had to go for the the hardcover. Okay. Because... It's got my girls. Oh, dope. So, yeah. Uh, so this is the uh, Nathan Zerdy cover. Um, I love Wildcats. I, I, almost nobody's talking about Wildcats, and it really bothers me because this book is so funny. Um, so creative team. It's at the back. There it is. Written by Matthew Rosenberg. Art by Steven Segovia. Color by Elmer Santos. Letter by Ferran Delgado. So this is, of course, Grifter's team. Um they're doing like the hard, like all this wet work essentially. Mm-hmm. And in the last issue, the organization they work for announced the seven soldiers of victory, which is their hero team. Oh, gotcha. Some of which might be familiar to people who you read old image and they're like, okay, cool. Basically like grifters, like, you know, cool. They're going to go on mission. So like, no, no, they're, they're the public face. So basically, these guys are like, we're the heroes, but Grifter's team still has to do the hard work. They're just getting no credit for it, basically. Ooh, nice. So it's like, Grifter's just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, it's really great. Um, and there's a... They're starting to tie it in fully into the Court of Owls. So, because that's going to be like the big 
big bad, apparently. And we did see him already, but we're getting a little bit more hints into it. It's going to be really interesting. And it's we're left on a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Where we get the idea that maybe the organization isn't happy with Grifter. Maybe Ooh. it would be okay with him dying. So, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, won't, I, won't explore, I won't explain why, but it's really cool. Also, I really like little curl Caitlin Fairchild in this. Because nice. I always liked Caitlin's character in Gen 13, but she was always like a supermodel. So, as a comic book fan, if you say you like Gen 13, a lot of people are like, oh, you just like pretty girls and tits and stuff. <laughs> and so, no, I think it's funny. I think it's a funny book. Like, I like them going to college in La Jolla. I thought that was funny. Like, oh, yeah. So, um, but her as a little girl that transforms into a strong girl. Cool. I like that. So, great stuff. All right. Next up is Josue. Talking to us about Wonder Woman 795. 75, 25-issue strong. <laughs> so very strong with Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan on the script. Uh, this time on the art is um, Amanke. Um, how do you say the last name again? Naopan. Naopan, thank you. Uh, colors with Tamar Bonverlan and lettering by uh, Pat Brazo. So Arrows showed up last time uh, just bucking up shit, like literally like a floating little um, temple up in the sky. And Diana's going to fuck him up, which is going to team up with Yara fucking Floor, because we know there's history there with Arrows. Um, So, yeah, like the whole time, like Arrows is just basically gaslighting them with truth. And like, you know, like (laughs) Dennis, like, well, fuck this shit. Like, let's like uh, lasso him up. And like, so he can actually tell us. And he's kind of like, like basically all the bullshit he's been, he's, he's been saying is like, like he, it's like what he really believes in. So he's still doubling down on his truths. Um, and like the, the the whole for the whole everything uh, with uh, with Harris' plan and what she's been doing with like, with the flowers, but like what does that all really mean? But at this point, he's trying he's trying to fight back. Um, and on the outside, he actually unleashed um, Hyperion, the Titan, and he's just like literally just like blowing fireballs everywhere. Um, so it's up to Steve for some reason with with the one of the thickest casts I've ever seen um, to hop on a cross rocket to just like see if he can save the day. Uh, Siggy rides in the back with him as an afterthought, not even <laughs> like as, as a plan. Um, it, it, it really looks so stupid. I'm looking at it as like, I'm pretty sure the left side is the, 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 the gear shifting side. And that would just be the awkwardest thing with the, with the cast. Um, anyway, there's a whole plan um, on the outside. Um, there's a great fucking shot of Diana and Yara together um, after like, kind of like on the winning side of the, Hell of yeah. the issue. And uh, oh yeah, and Jerry's there, obviously, because he's, yeah. he's awesome. Because he would be. Yeah. Um. So, um, Arrows is is in his like colossal stage, and um, who is it? Um, yeah, it's Yara Floor in the end, who really just like breaks that shit down, um, so he can so he can actually come out uh, come out himself, um, and so this kind of capping off on the issue where he's just like still like being a, such a piece of shit. Um, saying that pretty much like Hera's already won. And at this point, there's a monologue from Hera and it starts it starts triggering basically everybody who's ever drank that X milk that Dr. Psycho is releasing that's tied to the freaking flowers. Everybody who's been outside just like trying to cover for safety or has just been witnessing the giant temple in the sky where both Wonder Women are fighting and Hyperion behind them has now just triggered and obsessively, obsessively just like been like going after Diana at like worshiping her instead and like, and like just getting in the way and like blocking her from like 
saving the day and it's just like what the fuck everybody's just like possessed basically like everybody's like eyes are just like blank blank white um and it's just like part two uh so it just like it does it does um leave off with everybody kind of still in action yara floor was like like last uppercutting arrows so she's i'm ho- i'm still expecting her in the next issue um yeah we'll see we'll see how this all, play- how this all plays out because shit just really hit the fan nice uh, i like it because we do know that they're setting up a big like amazons versus the gods thing uh-huh. that's been teased since trial of the amazons right so i do like we're kind of continuing with that so. oh and one more thing just because like we're, we're reaching it we're, we're five issues away from 800 maybe there's a creative team change maybe not i, I actually I've, I've been loving these last 30 going into last 30 issues but just today yesterday yesterday a little someone tweeted uh my weekend reading and it's literally been um becky and michael's wonder woman run and that little someone who i would be really excited to pick up the ongoing book of wonder woman is cena grace or maybe they're gonna get a yara floor book or maybe that's true because it is because <laughs> it is um it is uh, the Becky book uh, the Becky and Michael book for from aftermath so it's like literally the start of the Wonder Woman book into through Glass Darkly and including the Trial of the Amazons um t- uh, crossover so we'll see but that'd be very exciting nice all right my next book is Batman Incorporated number four um creatine's the back isn't it yep always DC stop that uh, so. <laughs> Uh, creative team written by Ed Brisson, arts by John Timms, colors by Rex Locus, and letter by Clayton Cowles. I won't get too much into it because it is an issue four. Uh, it's starting to call into idea: is are they the good guys? <laughs> like, like there's starting to be a question of like, are they really the good guys in the end? Maybe not. Maybe there are no good guys. Like, there's it's very interesting. This issue definitely hooked me. Better than the last three. I'm very curious to see where it is. Also, the cast seemed smaller, which has been my main issue with this book, is the cast seems stupid big. So we'll see. I I am intrigued. I'm definitely intrigued to see where it goes, but I will report back when I have more information. So, <laughs> Which brings me to Batman Urban Legends number 23. This is the final issue of Batman Urban Legends. Now, as a fan of this book, I'm sad to see it go. Okay. As a person that spends $8 a month for this book, ooh, ooh, ooh. good riddance. <laughs> like, issues. Um, it does wrap up some stories. I won't get into each one or anything like that, but I will talk about this wraparound cover, which is like... That is a gorgeous, gorgeous cover. It's all these bat characters. That everybody's ever had a story in this book in this line not, not everybody but yeah it feels okay. like it so but it's the Hayden Sherman cover if anyone's curious including Ace the Bat Hound right there on the front cover <laughs> so, yes oh my god it's a great caller <laughs> yeah so yeah it, it I will just say it's really good the last story which is the murder club part four four does end in a very optimistic tone I really enjoyed it and does have a really cool shot. Let me see if I can find it. Of uh, right here. Of Batman up overlooking Gotham. I think it's just a really good shot. So 
really good stuff. Again, sad to see it go, but my wallet's very happy because eight bucks <laughs> and reading an anthology, you know, every month is kind of brutal. So yeah, <laughs> with how many comics we read. So, all right, next up, it's time to talk about DC Universe's Lazarus Planet Alpha. Change the world. Uh, so I'm very excited. Let's go to the creative team real quick. Written by Mark Wade. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> Art by Ricardo Federici. Colors by Brad Anderson and Lever by C. Wands. Um, I really like the art for this. Yes. Yes. I think it's very cool. Uh, there's a lot of really great close ups. And there's a lot of really cool shots of people using their powers that don't really look like they usually do. Mm-hmm. Like this shot of Power Girl. Yes. I love that. That's so badass. That was a really, really good one. Yeah. Um, I'm unsure about the story. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll get there. <laughs> right. I'm not worried about this one. Uh, I just think... And this is an alpha. Mm-hmm. Uh, this shot of all the magicians also, fuck yes. Oh, hell yeah. Like, so good. Um, and, of course, this... I mean, the Batman demon thing is fucking great. <laughs> so, um, I the one thing that kind of was like... I had an expectation, and maybe that's my my fault. Okay. I had an expectation. Okay, oh, Lazarus Volcano. You know, the magic for the Lazarus Pit is people come back to life. Okay, cool. But no, it's so different than that. Yeah. It's all these other magical effects. So I'm like, okay, so I kind of have to readjust my idea of what this is going to be. And I think I'm I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I think it is going to directly lead us into the next Justice League like lineup. And I'm very excited to see what that's going to be. Because I have a feeling this is going to be one of the Justice League lineups that I really enjoy. Oh, okay. I think it's going to be very youth-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, but yeah, I think it's cool. Uh, there's several tie-ins coming up for it, and we'll see what that is. Uh, also, the big map. Yeah, I was going to say that. I really like that, and that kind of points out some of the tie-ins. I mm-hmm. think that's really cool. Um, I like a big map in a crossover. Uh, like, there's an Age of Apocalypse one that's, like, legendary. I can still see it in my head. Like, it's just <laughs> fantastic. So, I liked it. What did you think? Because you read it, too. Right. Uh, I'm... I'm definitely not going to get every tie-in, but I'm I'm curious to see how this all wraps up and gets told in the end. Especially when we just had something as as big as uh, Dark Crisis. But the art in this was super cool. Like uh, this blue beetle shot, this that expression. Oh yeah, there's oh, so yeah. many great facial expressions in this in this book. Uh, yeah, great art. It's like, and I don't want to like knock it on on DC, but it just like this art style, and even for like the level of the event, or also because I'm not used to like many DC events back to back. But it made me feel like of a Marvel event just because of the art style alone. Yeah, and uh, but oh. the map, I actually really liked how it did. Like it was an ad for the tie-ins, but you actually got to see like at least like a preview of like what each, what team is going to have is going to be in each, in each tie-in book. I actually kind of like that detail because it serves up the the story uh, its own purpose. But it's also for like if if you if you're curious or doubting the tie-in, at least like I'm kind of more curious or like inclined to get some of these that I kind of didn't want to before. This is also your first interaction with Monkey Prince, so yeah, it's a solid one. Yeah, I like I like him with Black Alice mm-hmm. being like Damien's a prick. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, scared of him too, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, no, solid, solid, solid stuff so far, and how like who's crossing over, who's kind of 
playing an important role, like Power Girl. Like again, like that shot with the eye beams was actually such a dope shot. Yeah, and I like the slapdash nature of the team. It's just like who's available. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like that'd be kind of cool if that's how the Justice League worked for the future. Mm-hmm. There's not like a set roster. It's literally like there's an emergency. Who's available? Who's here? Yeah. I think that'd be really cool. I'd be actually a really cool way to do it. So just and the, the backup story with the actual like son uh Wukong, which is actually like was really interesting. Yes. And even with like the a very early Neza and like what really drove him to maybe take off like the scarf or like drive him to be like the how we know him now. I do love how much they're making monkey prints matter. Yes. It's very good. So all right. Final DC book is the human target. Number ten. I did get, of course, this cover with the two of them. Because as much as I enjoyed the other cover, I will take every cover with ice on it forever. Because uh, she's so beautiful. So, yes. Forever, um, though? <laughs> forever. I don't care. I forgive her. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> so, um, God, DC hiding creative teams, especially in this book. It's ridiculous. They're impossible to find. Um, okay, there we go. Written by Tom King. Art by Greg Smallwood, letters by Clayton Cowles. Um, so, um, long story short, Chance, the human target, drugs ice and is like, you're going to sleep today <laughs> and I have some shit to do. And he's trying to figure out because it appears Guy Gardner faked his death. And he's trying to figure, get proof of that, basically. And so he goes to Basically, he needs access to the Green Lantern uh, records. So what he needs is he needs a Green Lantern with access that is also gullible and stupid. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, he I, I honestly think he makes the right choice. He finds Gnort. Uh, so Gnort for those who don't know, look like John looks like John Candy's character from Spaceballs. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he does though. He, he really does. <laughs> like, Absolutely. What was, his, what was his name? In Spaceballs? Yeah. Barf. <laughs> Barf. That's right. He looks like Barf, uh, but he's a Green Lantern and he's just like very happy that someone's even talking to him basically. So it gives a chance whatever he wants. And Chance goes to check the records, and it's really cool because in the green on the Hall of Green Lantern records, he finds the complete history of Guy Gardner's life, which is really cool. It does determine that he's still alive. He also finds his own records, which was really interesting and really like is noir as fuck, is what it was. It was really cool. And then he makes the point that he doesn't look at her record, at Ice's record. He says, I don't violate that trust. She deserves better than that. So really interesting. <laughs> so so him and Gnort are like leaving. Gnort's trashed. And they run into one of the guardians who's like, Gnort, what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> and he's like, he's like, well, uh, you see, uh, and he kicks the guardian in the face and knocks him out and runs away. <laughs> which is just and they're like, you know, the Guardians are kind of assholes. And it's like, true. Yeah. <laughs> so they just move on. Um, long story short, Chance is able to find Guy Gardner, confronts him, and then he takes him down in the best way possible. 
<laughs> they're about to have a fucking fist fight. He's already beaten Guy Gardner twice. And they're fighting. Guy cheats, of course, because he's going to lose. So he uses his ring, even though he said he wouldn't. And then Chance just throws a peanut in his mouth. And he's like, I love the way he put it. He's just like, you know, lanterns or your rings protect you from everything. They automatically protect you from things that are dangerous. It's a, you know, for example, let's say you have a severe peanut allergy, something normal that's even listed in your file. Well, you tell your ring that and you get protection if something that would cause a reaction got near. Only reason not to share that info would be if you're an insecure idiot and you think admitting any weakness is an insult to you're supposed to mess you. <laughs> it's so important. It's so dangerous. And it's just guy choking to the, <laughs> the whole time. And he makes him. He makes him basically say like like make a deal with him. And I love how he communicates it with this little like pathetic thumbs up from his knees. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically. He finds out that Ice helped Guy fake his death. Yeah. And she's probably behind it all, which we all thought she was a femme fatale the entire time. Right. We all, but but it doesn't make it not hurt, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Um, uh, it's really good. There's only two issues left. There's two issues left. I was yeah. talking to Stoggy at Samurai, and I was like, how are there two issues left? I'm like, what's going to happen in two issues? Maybe one. I could see one, but what's going to happen? He's like, I know. It's like his favorite book, too. So. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. For the record, to listeners, I had to, I had to catch this on the um, at the shop. I was just flipping through it because I'm good Nort, and I would have stopped. But I think it was like the kick came kicking the, the garden. It's like, well, what's going to happen on the next page? And then it was enter uh, guy. And it's like, well, I actually have to read this ha- second half now. And that, that the drama was good. <laughs> the fucking peanut allergy. It's so good. I like that. Unless you're an idiot. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, he is an idiot. He's Guy Gardner. Very. <laughs> I'm Guy Gardner's biggest fan. And I know he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, so great stuff. That book continues to be one of the best books on the stands. So. All right. Finally, let's move on to Marvel. Let's just get this stack over with for fuck's yeah. sake. Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number two. Uh, written by Jordan Efueco, penciled by Alba Glez, inked by Jose Marzon Jr., colored by KJ Diaz, and lettered by Travis Lanham. This story is continuing to be very fun. Uh, it's the one where Moon Girl starts a roller derby team with other kids who became inhuman at the oh, same no. time. Uh-huh. And one of the people that join ends up being a Cree. Uh, and she's like trying to take over the world mm. and moon girl's trying to convince people that she's evil. No one believes her until she starts taking over the world. And she's like, see, <laughs> so um, she's using a variety of things, including uh hair straightener because the girl is a, um, is an influencer. Oh, okay. So it's like all these products she makes has nanites in it that mind control people. And she ends up, uh, Devil Dinosaur ends up eating a bottle of it, so he's under control now too. And whenever he licks somebody, he automatically puts them under control. So it's this whole thing. Uh, a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying this book. I also really like this cover. Uh, I, nice. I think it looks really cool. So, also shout out to that that, that short that came out a while back ago, uh, advertising like the movie that plays to to sweatpants. Like I'm so fucking excited for this cartoon. It's gonna be great. The full trailer's out. Oh, sick. Okay. Like that, that yeah. clip alone was just like, was it for me? I was like, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Next up. I know this way is excited. Ghost Rider 10. Oh, 
shit. <laughs> Written by Benjamin Percy, art by Corey Smith and David Cutler, inked by Oren Jr., colored by Brian Valenza, and letter by Travis Lanham. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on in this one. There's a lot of action. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of chainsaw. <laughs> yes, <laughs> chainsaw. This just shot of him just sawing the dude in half. Is the, him attaching this chain to the chainsaw? So whirling around. Say, making a fucking lasso out of a chainsaw is ridiculous, <laughs> and I love it. Um, but yeah, we find out like Blackheart's like secret plan. He's infiltrating all these top areas in the in the country and stuff. Um, and it's really cool. There's a lot of really great grim imagery in this one. And I was actually genuinely worried about Talia. Um, yeah. Like, I was like, she looks pretty fucked up. I don't like this at all. Luckily, that kind of gets undone, which is really cool. And yeah, this seems to be kind of like the Blackheart, you know, the end of the Blackheart arc, essentially. Or at least for now. For now, yeah. Um, Talia gets fired from the FBI. A lot goes on, but then we get the hook at the end, which I was like, fuck yes, which is someone experimenting on someone and they say, I uh, hope the test subject lives. What's his name? Danny. Danny Ketch. <sighs> so ooh, we're going to get more Ghost Rider love in this bitch. Yeah. And it's like, and I, I'm so curious because like, like where we last left off with Danny Ketch was he had gone like, um, God, what was that power up? Um, he had gone like the other thing, and like it's, it's in the Ghost Rider lore, but with like with the big ass fucking sword, and it kind of left off there. So kind of like, so like, can you still tap into that? Like, are they gonna are they gonna address that? It's like, I'm sure that's kind of why they kind of like he's just like a powerful being as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, solid issue. Um, good. Um, uh, also, I don't think it's like it didn't seem like the end for for Exhaust, was it? It just. Not for exhaust, I don't think. No, yeah, like they, they just like punched him. They were just like a like a, a duo punch into his face, and then they kind of rode out of the city. So it's like I really hope we don't. It wasn't the last room because I really fucking like that his design and as a villain. Yeah, thing is, Ghost Rider villains tend to like not stick around because they tend to die. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for like the big ones. So I also have to mention because it's fantastic in the interior cover we get the. Cosmic Ghost Rider book yes. advertisement with Stephanie Phillips and Juan Cabal. So that's going to be really cool too. And one, one other shot, a last shout out in the beginning, this shot. And then when he's like going crazy, going ape shit, I liked, I liked how big they made him. Like they didn't make him like, I don't want to say like chubby, but it's just like where like you use like that muscle fat. Like they made him like, it's like super trunks. Like instead of Super Saiyan 2, like he got like that stocky ass built. Um, it, honestly, I, I really like this design. It's just like he's like those arms are just fucking massive, and those fucking thighs are, are really cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right, let's move on to name or now almost said Namor, <laughs> Black Panther number thirteen, uh, written by John Ridley, art by Herman Peralta, colored by Sebastian Chang, and letter by Joe Sabino. Uh, so Namor is starting to look a little familiar. Uh huh. They're starting to shift that appearance a little bit, aren't they? Uh, spoilers for the end of the book. Uh, so <laughs> T'Challa and his team are um, they're doing their thing. They're trying to take down all of these locations that Jai set up. And uh, they all get jumped by the Avengers because fuck, the Avengers just run everything in this book. <laughs> Nobody can um, have one. Yeah. Uh, we'll go short version on this one because it is building to something else. Um, but Captain America and T'Challa are fighting, and who saves the day but Namor because of the 
treaty he signed when he attacked Wakanda. He has to actually help them now. <laughs> Plus, I think he just enjoys fucking with the Avengers whenever he can. So. <laughs> exactly. I mean, exactly. Because it's just like, <laughs> when was it? Like, not that long ago when the Krakoans were like, or at least like Xavier and Charles were like, hey, we got our, we got a thing going on over here. You want to help us out? And he was like, no, I got my friends over here. And who were his friends? It was the fucking Avengers. <laughs> yeah, it, and for Axe, he was an Avenger. <laughs> this was not too long ago. Like, I just imagine them being like, Cersei infiltrated because you tried to have sex with her. You're fired. And he's like, like a week later, T'Challa's like, I need help with Captain America. He's like, oh man, let's go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I love it. So, um, Also, Black Panther 15 is going to be the end of the John Ridley era. Yeah. So I did see that too. I was like, I'm curious to see where that's going to go. Mm-hmm. So who's picking it up? Like, ah, yeah. 15 too soon. Too soon to let it go. Also, also I got, we've been, got this, oh, good. I got this variant. Yeah, me too. I got the exact same. Nice. <laughs> so, also, we, this is a couple books, but I'll bring it up here. I'm going to get this Hellcat book. 100%. I'm very curious on it too. Christopher Cantwell, man. Yeah. He, the, the dude just writes really well. Yeah, well, he wrote the character in Iron Man. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was writing Iron Man. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, yeah. All right, brings us to the guy who Namor just kicked the ass of. Well, the other one. <laughs> Captain America, symbol of truth. This would never happen to Sam. He's too good for that. <laughs> written, written by Tochi Unabuchi, art by R.B. Silva, colors by Susa Bardov, and letter by Joe Caramagna. <laughs> I was going to be like, well, actually... Maybe he would have been able to help out, but the whole nation will kind of kick his ass out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it feels like we just got the last issue of this like a week ago. These are back to back sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. But basically, yeah, the um, the White Wolf is trying to draw Captain America and Nomad out and he succeeds <laughs> because Sam's like, well, you're putting innocence in danger. And this book has two of my favorite panels of the week. <laughs> this one, where yes. Falcon summons all the birds, mm-hmm. and then probably my favorite panel of the week, this one, with the missiles chasing him as he flies upward. Only for him to like make him like, all explode together while missing, yeah. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, and this book is doing a really good job of like establishing Sam as like a standalone badass hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has his own sidekicks now. You know what I mean? Like that's really cool. He kind of dominates that whole fight. He does a really good job, and he does it in a way that Steve would like. Like he saves the innocents. That's his priority and stuff yep. like that. Um, we also get to see transformed Joaquin, which makes me sad. <laughs> so, um, and his but really cool. Are, his hands are bloody as fuck too. Yeah, yeah. I I, I really enjoy it though. This is building really well, and we're, I know you and me are just waiting, waiting for the crossover. And, oh, yeah. Uh, just analyzing every issue. How is this related to the crossover? So <laughs> It's going to be so funny when it's like, a, 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 Sam will find something, uh, something uh, a detail out. He's like, oh, shit, I got to take this to Steve. And Steve will, same thing with like the outer shield, the outer, the outer ring. And they both meet up together, like, I gotta tell you something. And they both just like start telling each other the same fucking thing. Like they both find out about the outer ring together and what's going on yeah. with Sam eventually. But I like how Sam is kind of almost like running the what almost not should have been Steve's book, but it's like now we're kind of diving more into like Dimension Z stuff with like the the frocks showing up. Like Steve would have been like, Oh, I know how to handle these guys. Or even they probably would have recognized him and been like, Oh, we're not gonna fight him instead. Like like 
who, who, who's seven? Oh, yeah, fuck the white wolf. Like when we fucking love you, cat. Like, like white cap. Yeah, white cap. <laughs> so, yeah, great. All right, next up, we're going through all of our solo Avengers. If you guys haven't noticed, so next up is Monica Rambeau, Photon Number Two. Did you get the variant? I got this one. The cover I have. I really like the variant because I like how they all look in the back. Yep. But this one with everyone is that a Momoko? Yes. With like, it's like the classic it. throwback. Oh, I'm going to have to go get that this weekend. Amazing. Love it. Written by E. Viewing, uh, art by Evan Farrell and Luca Maresca. Colored by Carlos Lopez and later by Clayton Cowles. I love where this is going. First mm-hmm. of all, let's talk about uh, gender neutral Beyonder. Uh, <laughs> yes. I'm here for that shit. Hot. Anyways, <laughs> so also the classic Avengers. This is Secret Wars 1 era Avengers. Okay. Because Dr. Druid was uh in the avengers then and man what a piece of shit am i right (laughs) like no wonder like black knight was able to be an avenger so long because they probably compared him to dr druid and like he's fine just fuck dr (laughs) druid like but no they definitely obviously over exaggerating this it seems to be we're in an alternate reality Mm -hmm. uh because of the last page which um it's really cool, and I'm really curious to see where, what happened here. Did she fly beyond reality? Did she fly so fast she broke like a barrier between realities? What happened? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, of course, we do discover that Monica is married to Dr. Voodoo. And let me just go on the record of saying, I ship this. I love this idea. Yeah, me too. <laughs> like I'm like, fuck yeah, let's make this real. Like, Let's go to the real world and do this. Because if she can't be with Blue Marvel fine <laughs> dr voodoo is amazing like and she'll show up at strange academy <laughs> but yeah i really like it. i'm loving this book i love her getting a spotlight the art is really really good um and yeah just seeing her you know again get the spotlight i really appreciate that so what do you <laughs> think um no i definitely love it for the same reason too it's almost like she's, like she's trying to go forward but it's like right now like the story is like trying to like hold her back by like giving us all, all these throwbacks on purpose obviously like we're gonna get something something else out of it um but it's, it's almost like she's she's trying to figure this out because like again she's trying to figure out her own shit out so where we started to be able to, to move forward um and then there's, there's a proper spotlight too just like where are we now with this character and where are we going to go from here after this, after this mini? Um, so yeah, we're a really good book. And one last shout out about the cover. It is a piece of cover, but look at the bottom, her dedication to like uh, the throwback. Yeah. That's yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Definitely trying to find this one. I definitely will. Yeah. Uh, actually, did I get it? I don't think I got a peach Momoko cover this week. Ooh, we got to keep the catchphrase alive. So I got, you. I know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Next up. Moon Knight, number 19. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Jed McKay, drawn by Federico Sabatini, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and letter by Corey Petit. Um, I like this because we're moving on from the vampires and we're getting some lore. And I really like how we went back and forth between Zodiac's like therapy session and Moon Knight and Hunter's Moon Talking. Finding out about the limitations of them coming back to life. Because, yeah, if you could just come back to life forever... That's not an interesting story, right? There's got to be something going on there. And we do see what the limitation is. And I think it's a really interesting way to tell it. And it's definitely something that someone like Mark Spector, who his entire life has struggled with DID, the idea of losing control of himself is probably a bigger fear than actually just dying. Yeah. 
Because that's what he's been dealing with his entire life is not being in control of his body. So I think that's a really cool way to make it even more perilous and scary for him. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I like Zodiac being just a crazy piece of shit. Yeah. Like, like he's Joker, but none of the things I don't like about the Joker. <laughs> like, he's just an insane killer. And just, yeah, I like the whole thing with, like, how he admires Carnage. Like, it's oh, just like that was a just, good call. Just saying, I admire Carnage is the ter- most scary thing anyone could say. Because who was like, it? Oh, he was talking shit about Dr. Doom. That's right. Yeah, he's like, Doom, you know, they're talking about like, I also really like the idea that Americans basically pioneered supervillainy. Oh, like, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the, well there's, a, there's a whole subtext there that we could just like get the conversation going. But yeah, let's just let's just call it what it is. I call them supervillains. Yeah, sure. That was scary as fuck. The whole conversation was really good. Yeah, I, I think it's really cool. So I really like this. We're setting up obviously the future. Uh, long may Jed McKay write Moon Knight forever. Thank I you, know. <laughs> so what do you think? I mean, yeah. So so uh, just uh, to continue um, the the, ther- the therapist uh, conversation with with Zodiac, I read that the whole time where it's just like, man, he's just like rambling on the whole time. There's gonna be a part where he's gonna like drop something on on the therapist and and have like be like, oh no, he's still like the bad, like he's still running shit from like even in here. But I fucking love it. Like the, like the therapist, like never fucking falters. Like dead end zodiac. Fucking try again. And at the end, like it was the other way. Yeah, there was it was a soldier thing, and being like, no, bro, like you you still fucked up. You still failed. And we just like just like the words to, to just like really like just like sink into zodiac. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm but then the whole thing with the 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 fists of, of Khonshu and just like and that last warning. It's like. Well, it's like, well, like, can that warning go away? Like, well, well actually, well, I'm, I'm still so lost because, like, I didn't read the Age of Conscious, but it's just like, can they let it? Can they free him? Or is there like a real, real reason why he has to be locked away? <laughs> That's the question. Oh, okay, because <laughs> <So, laughs> like, yeah. if they free him, well, like, like we can still keep going, right? <laughs> but <laughs> just do his bullshit again, basically. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he'll be like, "I promise to be good." <laughs> I promise to be better. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up is Daredevil, number seven. Oh, yeah. Written by Chip Zdarsky, art by Rafael de la Torre and Marco Cicchetto, inked by Elizabeth D'Amico, and colored by Matthew Wilson, with letters by Clayton Cowles. <sighs> so this is following up on the prison break and Electra killing the president, but not really. Mm-hmm. And I loved this issue. I love the idea of him taking these villains and being like, we're going to do the right thing. Yeah. We're going to help people. Like protest so, right, but <laughs> protest better. <laughs> yeah. So basically there's a bunch of people getting kicked out of their home by some some toughs, if you will. So uh, Daredevil and his guys show up to stop them. Uh, the owner of the building sets a bunch of bombs. Uh, Speed Demon gets most of them, but misses one. Which led to a moment that made me laugh and cheer so much. <laughs> yes, yes, me too. I, knew, I thought of you so much when I saw it, too. <laughs> a little girl gets blown off the roof of the building, is falling, and you see hands reaching for her. And who is it but motherfucking Stiltman? Yes! <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm Stiltman. <laughs> I'm like, yes, 100%. I love this character now. This is the best character in Daredevil. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we get to see some really cool stuff and how Daredevil is like, um, you know, he's not just going to it's not a prison. They're not kept in prison, you know, like, yeah. so bullet decides he needs to go see his family, which makes sense. Um, 
also Electra in is it Agony? I think it's Agony is that yeah. one. Yeah. It's Agony the scream turned to silence. That's right. Uh having their little like sparring session, which I think so is really dope. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I really like that. I like them becoming friends. That's a good idea. So yeah. Uh, but we do find out that Punisher <sighs> takes a bullet and is going to kill him. And now Daredevil has to go try to free because there's a kid. And we are building up to that Daredevil Punisher fight we've been thinking about for a while now. Fuck. Uh, really good. Really enjoying it. What did you think? I don't think they're ready yet. It's like not not Frank and and the the forces the forces of the hand. It's like we have like characters, but I don't think they're ready yet. And um and and I like how Matt is also is also like not not struggling yet, but he's starting to see kind of the cracks and everything. Where where he's starting to pick up on like yeah, Electra kind of fucked up, but it's kind of like this is what they want. They want us to be like second guessing ourselves. We have to keep keep focusing. Like what is it that he says specifically the. I've lost too much to fate in quotes lately. Um, so, it's, 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 it's like, yeah, like a lot of shit that he just like, that's been out of his control. It's like, well, got to take the punches. Um, but yeah, he's still doing something about it. Um, yeah. G- great issue. I'm, I'm really worried about bullet. Cause Frank doesn't fuck around. Yeah. They basically wrote bullet off. They're like, well, Frank's going to kill bullet, but let's save the kid. Like, 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 oh, Electra <laughs> brings it up. Electra brings it up. And then Matt basically doubles down on it. Cause like, he knows the dude is like, uh, please don't. I, like, it's bullet. I know he's like C D E list uh, rogue, <laughs> rogue villain, but come on. He's actually trying here. He actually got to see the bigger picture here. and was actually going to try to try. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little worried about speed demon because uh, he's an example of what I call the Quicksilver problem, oh. which if you remember in Days of Future Past and Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, the movies, uh-huh. uh, they kind of had to, to like find a way to shelve Quicksilver mm-hmm. because he's too powerful. Yeah. And Speed Demon's kind of the same thing. He yeah. could probably take out a good chunk of the hand by himself, so I'm worried they're going to have to do something to him to stop him. <laughs> so that's what I'm genuinely worried about, but yeah, we'll see. As long as they don't kill Stoltman, I will fucking riot. Yeah, please don't. He's already old. Like, Let him just live it out, please. <laughs> uh, next up, I'm going to talk about Savage Avengers number 9. Cool. Oh, nice. I don't care. There should always be Days of Future Past homage covers. They could do 100 <laughs> billion of them. Like, If there was a My Little Pony one, I'd probably buy it. <laughs> just because like so yeah written by david propose art by carlos magno colored by espen gutlingern and lettered by travis lanham this is the one set right now in 2099 okay all the savage avengers have been killed by ultron and the only ones left are punisher 2099 and miles morales deathlock and basically long story short Miles is uh, oh, and all the Savage Avengers were brought back by as like Deathlocks, basically. Um, Punisher, we find out more about his origin, what caused him to be who he is, and long story short, he basically sacrifices himself, holding off the Deathlock army to give Miles time to find the Avengers in cyberspace, their their memories and stuff. Okay. Uh, he basically puts them back in their bodies, essentially gives them a chance to like take o- back over. Uh, they fall into some very conveniently placed like healing tubes and they're able to regenerate their bodies and they're ready to take on Ultron. Um, but it's really cool because it also gave them a chance to like deal with some of their, their issues. Um, like the whole cloak and dagger stuff that's going on. 
and Venom and, and Weapon H and what, what he feels like, like what he owes to his family and stuff like that. It's really interesting. Um, I love this book. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm very curious to see where they're going to go after 2099. So very cool stuff. And after that is Avengers War Across Time. Did you read this? No. Okay. Written by Paul Levitz. Art by Alan Davis. Color by Rochelle Rosenberg. And letter by Corey Petit. This is a flashback tale uh, back to like Captain America just joined the Avengers time. And it's them fighting Kang. And I think they're setting up the big Kang crossover that we know that's coming from Timeless. I think they're going back to gotcha. these to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a really great thing that I absolutely love, which is Wasp and Ant-Man are obviously, I think he's Goliath at this point, are obviously dating, right? But the entire time, Wasp is basically like, fuck, that guy's hot. <laughs> like, it's just like <laughs> right in Hank's face. Um, so, like, uh, she says, like, the the first thing she says, she says the she says woo, but her next line is Stor- or Thor says um the rage of the storm is mine to command. A power beyond your mortal reckoning. And she says, I wouldn't mind reckoning you, handsome, like right in front of Hank. And Hank's like, bitch. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, I'm just flirting. And then the next page, they're talking about soldiers. She goes, Speaking of shoulders, I mean soldiers. It's just like, girl, you are so thirsty. And she calls Thor the Norse god of good looks. Like, she continuously just keeps me like, I'd fuck Thor. I'd fuck Captain America. And Hank's just like, okay. <laughs> and they go home and she's like, you want to have sex, Hank? Basically, I'm like, wow. Wow. <laughs> if my girlfriend Jeez. did that to me, I'd be really annoyed. Be like, oh, you got horned up looking at Thor? I guess I'll do, huh? <laughs> um, they get attacked by the Hulk. Turns out it's not really the Hulk. It's like a automaton made by Kang. And they're able to stop it. And Kang's just like, aha, I'll get you next time, essentially. But yeah, I think they're, it's really going to like build towards that crossover. And the next one, it, it's their Avengers are invading the Baxter building is the next hook. So I'm curious to see how this ties directly into that King storyline. I think it will. And that'll be really interesting. So mm. next up, Star Wars, the higher public number four, not going to spend too much time on this um, because it is a number four. Written by Kevin Scott, art by Andrea Bricardo, colored by Frank William, and letter by Ariana Mayer. This is the one set on that planet with all the different like faiths and stuff. Yes. Um, long story short, someone pulls a very tactful takeover of the council and basically turns everybody against force users. Basically, it, they make the argument that when you use the force, you're taking the force away from somebody else and harming them. And they're like, that's not how it works. He's like, how do you know? <laughs> what do you know? It's <laughs> just like, what? And then basically, he reveals a lie the council told about an explosion. They said it was a gas leak, but it was a bomb set by a bad guy. Hmm. And so he exposed that. So, of course, the public's like, what else are they lying about? Ah. Which leads to revolution, basically. So it's been really interesting. Uh, only lightly featured. My new favorite character, who is the one who was framed for the bombing. Uh, But he was really heavily featured in the last issue. So uh, he'll probably be back in the next issue. But yeah, it's been really good. I'm not going to spend too much time on it because we're getting near the end of the arc. And that's usually when I dive in. So Mm -hmm. next up is uh, my secret shame. Uh, I bought a little golden book for Ghost Spider. Yes. uh, For Gwen. 
Uh, so <laughs> I am reviewing a little golden book. Yes. On a podcast in the year 2023. <laughs> it's the first time for everything. Written by Christy Webster and illustrated by Mingju Helen Chin. It's literally a retelling of her story. Um, I love the art. Let's just oh, talk you. about that. Peter and uh, uh, Harry. Oh. Uh, so in this world, it, it's great because it's a little golden book. So obviously it's going to be a little sanitized. So like they point out that Peter wanted to be a hero. He accidentally became the lizard. Ghost Spider had to fight her friend. And that's where they leave it off. In the story, she accidentally kills him. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh. I guess we can't talk about that. And then we got uh, we got their version. I forgot her version of Rhino kicks ass. Like, oh, this is so cool, cool looking. Um, and yeah, just others. Harry becoming the Green Goblin. Um, does it dress up yeah. as a drummer? It does. Okay. <laughs> yes, of course it does. Uh, it also dresses her version of Captain America, the chick. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. Um, and her multiversal friends, including the William Braddock version of <laughs> Captain UK. Spidey. Yeah, and on yeah, yeah. And then of course her band, the Mary Janes. Sick. So but yeah, it's just like a cool little primer for anyone who wants to get to know about um, Gwen Stacy's Ghost Spider. And yeah, I just reviewed a children's book. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> so next up, Miles Morales number two. I got this cover. Oh, cool. It's too trippy. I loved it. Wait, are we doing Carnage after that? or? Oh, shit. That's right. Carnage for you. <laughs> I skipped one. Carnage number nine. How's we go? Let's, get, let's just get the dark out of the way before it gets all, before we come back. <laughs> so Carnage number nine, written by Ron B, art by Francesco Manam, uh, colors by Eric Garcinega, and lettering by Joe Savino. Woof. Okay. So it opens up with a little backstory on kind of everything that, or in case you didn't know, what if, in case you didn't see the 2018 sensation that was Avengers Infinity War, we get a little backstory on Nita uh, Valir and how, like, what they did and how like, everything they, they forged. It even does a callback to um, when it got really bad for them, um, creating the creating Milnir. It does a callback to the actual the Thor God, God of Hammers, nice, and how much, like, and how much, like, that was just like such a devastating day for all the dwarves and just like, just like that they lost so much. But today is different. That the the cold metal shudders deep within the echoing halls of the forge, as if no, um, as if it knows that to stay in Nidavellir, there will be carnage, and he is just reeking through everyone. Like I mean, it's like anybody who's like been left over there. It's already been like a, a, it was like 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 how I described. It's already been a dying star. There's like nothing much to, to to forge there, but there's still stuff to to collect. And he is just killing, wiping out everything. And the whole time, Carnage is kind of like, what? Is, how does he open with? Um, I love prisons. Oh yeah, I love prisons. Don't you, Kenneth? Like uh, that little, the little snake uh, serial killer that was like that would idolize him. That's kind of where, where it started. And you start seeing Kenneth kind of like not doubting, but start like at least like, at, like questioning, if you will, being like, this is like I just like almost like I don't see the point. Like I don't see the point anymore. But he's not going to say that last part to Carnage. Um, and Carnage kind of like like I'm not just like. I'm not going around just like wreaking havoc for no fucking reason. Like there's like there's a whole point to this, and they finally go go deep inside the prison, and they basically break out um, uh, Dronin, Dronin uh, Runehewer, who is uh, Atri's cousin, um, who is uh, Peter Dinklage character in the movie, and basically and Carnage basically con- uh, convinced he vouched like never use the forge again, um, but Carnage convinces him like it's like oh I'm not using I'm not I, I just don't want 
any other weapon to just like conquer uh to just conquer another land another planet no what i want is just like pretty much like to end everything or to end all worlds (laughs) and jordan's kind of like sure i'll fucking help you then (laughs) and we cut back to where we last left off with jonathan the detective um at the great well and he gets to the guard and the whole time he's kind of like talking back and forth with uh, the Cletus like little bit that he has in, in, in himself, the little bit of symbiote he has himself um, where Cletus is still kind of like alive. And he goes up to the fucking guard and just basically says like, fuck you, I'm going through. And we're like with no hesitation, just like not full body, but at least like he, he gets like almost like this, like half a helm and, and um, materializes like this, like a, a, a one arm weapon basically. Uh, of like using the symbiote like with that with again like no hesitation goes through grabs like the great ore and goes through it to meet up with um to meet up with carnage and and the and so we cut back to uh jordan and kenneth um at the forge and jordan basically just agrees to make this weapon to just draw like to, to buy some time and the whole time it's like kenneth like this is this is fucked up <laughs> we can't give him this weapon we can't do this for him um right. we need to kill him we need to figure out a plan. We need to come up with a plan to, to get rid of, to get rid of carnage. And you start seeing maybe like Kenneth, maybe like turning, like maybe this has already been way too fucking much. Maybe he idolized the wrong fucking person as he is, even though he's still a monster for doing so, but it just does, it does not want this life anymore. He does not want to be the host to carnage anymore. Basically he hasn't fully said it, but it's basically what his face does. Um, we come. Oh yeah. And so, and so basically time is running out or maybe, I think Carnage saw because I think Carnage saw um, Ken, uh, no, Jonathan crash land because there's like there's two different shots of like when they land and then cut, cutting back to Carnage just like looking over a balcony and he gets like he like looks over a balcony and you see like a little explosion in the distance that was kind of similar so we'll see but anyway he turns around and it's like Jordan basically time's up I want that weapon now um, and Jordan's kind of like uh, sure like what would you like he's like. <laughs> And cliche as it is, uh, Kern is like, I want a fucking sword, a, a sword, a sword, a sword to do everything. And he's like, okay, uh, so what's the shape of it? Or I forget what he asked. Or do you have a specific um, um, model in mind? And it's like, oh, take this, take this codex. And it's a uh, Malekith's codex. And it's like, well, what the fuck is it for? It's like, oh, when Malekith, um, basically during the whole during um war of the realms and malekith like was like on like on the verge of winning he drew upon um the all black the necrosword the fucking butcher blade so there's a copy of it in malekith's codex so it's, it's already imprinted there and basically just drop it in the forge and it'll make another one but carnage was some little modification he doesn't want the he doesn't he doesn't want the, the black sword we've already done that there's gonna be some modifications i'm pretty sure he's gonna he's gonna want it red but uh um, yeah <laughs> but yeah this has kind of been like the whole plan carnage has wanted that fucking sword and he found himself a copy of it that is dangerous that is that's the shit that gore used that, that, but it came yeah. from null like that's big <laughs> yeah definitely nice all right now we talk about miles morales so <laughs> uh written by cody ziglar art by federico vicentini color by brian valenza and letter by Corey petit um this is kind of continuing that whole story where uh, m- nothing's going right for Miles. <laughs> Basically, he got suspended from school for talking back to a teacher and being late all the time. Um, he's grounded, technically. Um, and obviously, everything going on with Starling is kind of rough because he's just not there. Hmm. Um, 
But he ends up going on a mission and runs into, of all people, Misty Knight. Yes. And they have a little mission together. And he nerds out the entire time, which is a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, we just kind of like, that's kind of what's going on. And we're also setting up this new villain that seems to know who he is that goes after Starling and also seems to be ready to go after Genki and other, you know, friends of his loved ones. His his. parents. Yeah. Yeah. Like just everybody in general. So I think that's really interesting. I do want to point out Genki with the, uh, the man bun. Good look. Oh, Oh, hell it works. Hell yeah. Good stuff. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's setting up obviously a future against this villain, which is a guest appearance by Misty Knight, which is a lot of fun. So, Good stuff. Nothing jumping out at me like that. We need to like focus on too much, but mm-hmm. very good. What did you think? Uh, yeah, no the the mentorship with Missy Knight is actually a good one, a very like interesting one because I, I, I like the whole like it's like the the racial tone conversation where she's like it's, it's different for yeah. us, and, and then I started thinking as like yeah, like Miles is just being out with like hanging out with like not in a bad not in a bad way, but it's like he's being hanging out with way too many white people because all the spider people are white. So, but it's like no, there's there's a different thing that you should be learning here. And of all people, Misty Knight to be th- uh, shooting these lessons. I, I, I'm all up for these team ups, and I'm hope I'm hoping it's more of a constant thing um, of her showing up in this book. And yeah, this new villain is interesting. I'm I'm really curious if I'm right about about her backstory. Yeah, uh, she reminds me of a character in the the video game. Oh, like Speedball or Speed? What was her name? In the no, in the Miles Morales one. Oh well, she's not. She wasn't. She's not in the other one either. In the the first one, this character, uh, no. Oh, okay, she's an old friend of his. Ooh, okay. That shows up, and used to go to school with him, and like wants to be friends again. That's what I'll leave it at. So okay, it's the whole plot of the set of oh, the gotcha. Miles Morales game. Okay, so it's really good. Uh, but yeah, interesting. All right, next up, we're going to go over to the Dark Web and talk about Miss Marvel number two. Written by Sabir Prasada, art by Francisco Motorino, uh, colors by Protobunkers Dono Sanchez Almara and Fernando Sofuentes, and letter by Ariana Mayer. This is just a fun issue. <laughs> um, it's just, I like the demons of limbo being like, get her and then Kamala just basically fucking wrecking you them. You can't fucking hold me? He's like, get her out, get her out! <laughs> <laughs> just get her the fuck out of here. Like, fucking never mind. <laughs> so they literally kick her out. And it's like, alright, cool. That was funny. And then there's also the plot going on with the um, the inventors, <laughs> which is just amazing. The basically cloned versions of famous inventors, but they're also birds. It's as ridiculous as it sounds, and it's great. Um, but to me, the highlight of this is still the, the fact that the new Jer- the Jersey City Mosque... That, that's what I forgot about. <laughs> is, ...is animate now because of, you know, Inferno 3. And um, I like that it's like, unlike the other demons, it actually has a point. Yes. And it's just like, yeah, I'm a... I hate that no one gets along and like... <laughs> They always mess up the bathrooms, and then like all the all the people there are like, "Oh, we never realized it affected you so much. We'll do better." He's like, "Okay, cool, let's go back." <laughs> <It's> like what? <laughs> like, I really liked that. I thought it was really cool. Also, as someone who ships the shit out of her and Bruno, this panel is yes, hard. Very cute. Yeah. So, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It's only a two parter, which made me a little upset. Mm-hmm. I hope she gets a new book soon. Very. Me I too. love this character. So yeah. Uh, anything you want to add? 
Um, the back to back, um, the with Miles, like, and in this in this one, he shows up the for for the team up, which is cool. But the yeah. the mosque, <laughs> the mosque is just like the fact that they just like go by the the gender neutral uh, pronouns as well. That was like this, this, this whole the issue was just so fun. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. All right, next up, the other number two from Dark Web, Dark Web, Mary Jane and Black Cat number two. Oh yes, written by Jed McKay, art by Vincenzo Caruta, uh, Carutu. Um, colored by Ryan Reber and letter by Ariana Mayer. Uh, so basically, our girls get hired by Belasco to get his soul sword back. And it kind of details all these people are going to be going up against. It's a very black cat book, which I love. Um, and we get a little more detail about Mary Jane's powers. And we get a really cool hook about how negative it could possibly be. Yes. Those odds, I, 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 I wouldn't have been so positive about those odds as the way she was. Yeah, it's really interesting, uh, which makes sense, though, because if it is like random and it's like a slot machine, mm-hmm. you can definitely lose big. Yep. Um, but yeah, they obviously they do this. They're doing this heist. They get in over their head and they get saved by, of all people, Sim. Huh. So what's going to happen here? I really like that. what he's going to want. Now, there, there's no more book for Dark Web for them. This is the end of the book. Hmm. <laughs> so, wait, wait, this is supposed to go to five, but I thought shit. I thought the next I don't one. think it's going to be a part of Dark Web. Yeah. Interesting. I th- yeah, I think it's going to be like uh, like the Order. Uh huh. Or not the Order. Um. What was the one that was that British team? Uh, it was a part of um, King and Black, but went beyond it too. That oh. I really liked. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's going to be like that. I don't yeah. know, but. I mean, if it would be an ongoing, I'm okay with that. Just throwing that out there. Just, <laughs> yeah. All the Felicia, please. Thank you. Anything you want to add? Um, I went with this cover, the Aka cover. Oh, that's really nice. And also, just like because the cats. Oh yeah, definitely. the cats with the mask. <laughs> Little mask. Um, yeah. So I, I wanted to point out the part where um, they're talking about the powers, and and Felicia dresses. Uh, well, I, I guess you were gone for six months, I suppose. And Mary Jane says, uh, yeah. "Yeah, six months with an asterisk." And I thought I was gonna start doing like the the solicitation spoiler, like like it kind of did for Venom uh, in, that, in that one awkward issue. But it the uh, it calls back to Spider Man One. But I have the answer here that uh, wait, where where is it gonna be at seventeen? In four issues, Amazing Spider-Man 21 will be the start, will be the explanation issue on what happened in those six months, which I think it'll, I'm starting to believe it'll be like a Dimension Z slash maybe those really are their kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I, mean, I don't know. It was that, that, that face was just like the more time passed on whatever happened, whatever fucking happened, more time definitely passed. Yeah, Definitely. Um, but yeah, a good shit. But very interesting with her powers. On like, it really is a freaking gamble. Like, it really is such a mutation of a of a, of a power. Yeah, I really like it. It's cool. Yeah. So. And the last dark uh, dark web book, Amazing Spider Man seventeen, written by Zeb Wells, pencil by Ed McGinnis, inked by Cliff Rathburn, colored by Marcio Maniz, and letter by Joe Carmagna. This book is hilarious. <laughs> this, book is um, the best. this book is so good. Right in the middle. <laughs> of this really grim weird crossover is this just insane book <laughs> like basically peter and some of his good friends i think it's just jonah and and joe and robbie yeah those are the only two i think that we actually see um 
are trapped in limbo and Peter has to basically pretend everything is normal. And so does J. Jonah Jameson. And it's, it's so funny because they don't, the demons don't get it. They don't understand. So they keep yelling at Jonah and they make him say, I want tasty pics of Spider-Man Parker. Do you hear me? Crying. He's crying because they make him say it. It's so bad. And uh, yeah, so they're basically the demons are like, it's a play and um, it's, it's really weird. And they get way too into it. We get the demonic versions of the sinister six, including (laughs) Uh, Dr. Octoball, which I love. He looks like such uh, a uh, Doom character, Doom uh, enemy. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. And then we get Parker Man. <laughs> I love him so much. This dude who's like, I'll play the part of Peter Parker. They're like, we have a fucking Peter Parker. <laughs> and then he's like, Parker Man lives this another day and runs away. Like, I love him. He looks ridiculous. Uh, long story short, they come up with a a story uh, to trick the demons into helping them get out. But as they're going, they're about to fight the Insidious Six. But who shows up to help them? It's Rick Rap, which is Parker backwards. <laughs> um, and he looks like he looks like a Rob Layfield creation from the 90s. He looks and like I a love Ninja him. Turtle. Like, he like, does look like a Ninja like Turtle. Like the movie, like the live action Ninja Turtles from the 90s in a Spider Man outfit. <laughs> he actually looks like the current Raphael from the. The current TMNT where they all look kind oh, of different. Oh, because all kind of different, st- different builds? Yes. Because Raphael's like the big bulky one. Yes. That's what he looks like. I love him. It's great. It's so ridiculous. What an amazing book. Um, yeah. Anything you want to add? Um, for the... They're not the Insidious 6. They're, oh, they are the Insidious 6. Um, I actually really like uh, the Kraken the Hunter. <laughs> That's actually a really, a really uh, dope design. I love that because it's like they misunderstood. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <It's> totally. Like- <laughs> And the, oh, the Kraken, like the like the thing. Okay, <laughs> the Riceratops is like such a Digimon to me, but I I fucking love this issue. It was just so goddamn funny. The, it came out the, of nowhere. The coworker, <laughs> the coworker is just like idolizing J. Jonah Jameson because he's such a demonic piece of shit that they just wanted to they wanted to LARP what it was like at the at the Daily Bugle. That, and that, and like, that's say the line. <laughs> say the line. <laughs> like, yeah, I fucking Tasty love it. Fixed of Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> great issue. Great, great Inferno. Yeah. All right. Now we move on to Krakoa. Yes. Wolverine twenty nine. Uh, this book written by Benjamin Percy, art by Juan Jose Rip, color by Frank Darmada, and letter by Corey Petit. We kind of follow up on the Wolverine part of this with him having lost, you know, having not been given his memory by Beast. Mm -hmm. Uh, has taken him in and is healing him. But, of course, we know that the pit is basically infected by Sabretooth. I could have so well. So while he's being healed, he's also fighting Sabretooth. And we kind of get like a greatest hits of all the things wrong with Wolverine's life, which is just great and sad. Um, Also, there's this one shot that I'm never going to be able to forget of Sage getting poked on the shoulder by a tentacle and the face she makes <laughs> is the best thing I've ever it's seen. It's so funny. Those fucking kids. It's complete and outright disgust. I like, in my head, she's drunk. Uh, oh. So it makes it even better. But yeah, it seems like the truth is coming out finally. And uh, Jeff's uh, daughter shows up to ask for help 
to save her dad from the bad man, the blue man. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I need Beast to die already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we know it's not going to happen, unfortunately. <laughs> but, I mean, Sabretooth killed a dude and he was put in the pit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just saying. But what do you think? Um, I like how this like this this could have been like the easiest trip to the pit for for Logan. It, I mean, they would have been like, oh, you need to learn your lesson, relive like all your moments. But he's done that. He's repented. He's tried to, and he's he's done so. Krakoa would have been like, oh shit, my bad, my bad, bro. Let's put you back out. <laughs> but the fact that it's been infected by Sabretooth and it's just been recollecting all the horrors of his life instead, that's fucked up. And like, and but at the same time, it's just like Krakoa is just doing what it can or, or what what they can to just like. It's, it's like Logan was slowly adapting. It was like, oh, he's showing me like they're they're showing me like the the memories, like these fragments of like who I am, what I am. He's able to recognize that Beast is the bad guy, um, just by these little pieces. Like through all these horrors, he's still able to figure out who he is himself. Um, so I thought it was a really good path for Logan. But it just sucks that he just has to do it himself. How much pain can this man have to has to endure? Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, Legion of X number nine. I love this book so mm-hmm. much. Uh, written by Cy Spurrier, penciled by Netho Diaz, inked by Sean Parsons and Alvaro Lopez, colored by Havra Tartaglia, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, I absolutely love this book. Uh, more mutants are starting to transform, and I got to nerd out because I know who they are. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Uh, Paris Gavaskar is, of course, Indra. Uh, who was one of the um, young X-Men when we were reading the X-Men Academy Academy oh, X ones. Cool. He has armor, basically. Is this thing. Gotcha. He just pulls up metal armor. Uh, Glowworm is Glowworm. Everybody knows Glowworm. Um, and then I'm 90% certain Arena Clayton is actually Choir, who uh, has three three mouths, basically. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Um, we get to see Xavier and Legion, and that was actually really sweet. Uh, I really enjoyed that for the most part. Yeah. Uh, how Xavier realized what Legion actually built and is kind of like, holy fuck, kid. <laughs> like, yeah. I thought it was really sweet. We also get more of Nightcrawler's uh, adopted mother. And mm-hmm. uh, I like that they brought this character back. I hope they bring Day Tripper back, which is his adopted sister. Ooh, okay. For this arc, because that would be really cool. She was the second magic. Oh, okay. Uh, so she oh, okay. was the magic on Excalibur. So, And then... <laughs> We got to talk about the highlight of every book now. Doctor <laughs> Nemesis is so fucking funny. Um, he gets taken over. Like she makes the the fungal mass on his head take over his whole body, and because he's Doctor Nemesis, he manages to say urge growing to make fun guy puns. Someone take notes. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes. like that's amazing. And then he's just like. Bitch, you thought you killed me, but you made me even stronger. I can do anything. She's like, bitch, you can't calculate pi. He's like, oh, god damn it, and starts calculating it. I love that. <laughs> his some his reason, arrogance would want to figure it out. Fucking asshole. Yeah. It reminded me of, this is a throwback reference. It just reminded me of the South Park episode mm-hmm. uh, where they're in the car and C- Cartman's like, uh, you ever hear that song, you know, I'm Sailing Away by Sticks? He's like, when I hear it, I just have to finish it. <laughs> 
He's like, no matter what, I just can't can't move on until I finish it. They're like, really? He's like, yeah. And they're like, silence. And they go, um, Selena. <laughs> and there's like a moment of silence. He's like, it's just like vibrating. I'm like, yes. That's what that <laughs> reminded me of. He's like, God damn it, I got to do it. So uh, really cool. Uh, also, Jax uh, being just awesome. I love Jax, uh, the, the Black Knight uh, yes. his daughter. Uh, she's fucking cool. Um, a lot of really great stuff going on in this issue, but I also have to talk about our boy Forget Me Not. Yes, he's the he's my <laughs> highlight. The joke of no one remembering him is never going to get old. And see, I, <laughs> I I'm reading it right, and I get to the other part, and and he opens up with like, "Oh, guys, look, look what's going on over there," and Marco being like. Hell are you? Hell are and, you is the funniest thing I've ever read. Well, well that's, that's the thing. At first, I'm like, I have a half a thought, being like, hmm, maybe this joke is getting kind of. And before I can finish that thought, I'm reading the losses, sir. We're conducting an investigation here. Please give us some space. I'm fucking dying all over again, and it, and the hits just keep on coming every time they forget. Fucking Marco, like, he's like, bro, like you had the thing in your helmet, like, oh, you mean this? Like, I bump my head pretty hard. It's like, ah. Oh. It's so funny. So like, good. And I mean, it's such a great concept. And it will, <laughs> like I said, it'll never get old. And he went on a date with her. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? like, <laughs> like, um, and then the sad part is, you know, he, I mean, at the end, it doesn't look good for him is what I'll say. I don't want to get into too much of it. Oh but. my God. And see, that was so funny too, that the, that the whole <laughs> island forgot it. That, I was actually thinking about that. I'm like, how is the resurrection protocol going to work for him? Because they're going to find his body be like, who's this? Right. <laughs> and then they're not going to know whose memories to put in the body. Like, so I'm like, uh-oh. Like, that's not good. <laughs> like, so maybe so if his, maybe he's dead, his powers aren't active. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So loved it. I also forgot to mention when we were talking about Savage Avengers. Um, one of the things that Deathlock Miles Morales reveals to, to Dane. Oh, okay. Night. Is that you know he's basically like you're worried about your corruption and all this stuff, but what he's like, but what you don't know is your your daughter oh. will become the greatest Black Knight of all. Oh. so it sets her up kind of like uh, Gert in Runaways, yeah, where they reveal that she will lead the Avengers. She'll be the greatest hero <laughs> yes. of all time. Kind of sets that up in the future. I'm like, fuck yeah, that's really so, cool. Yeah, forgot to mention that. So, all right, and our final book of the week. And an issue I've been waiting for. Yeah. Because I need the answers to these questions. X-Men 18. Written I, by Gary Dugan. Art by Sia Villa. Uh, color by Matt Mia. Letter by Clayton Cowles. I went A. A. Which is, I really liked it too. But in the end, because of the focal point of the of the yeah. book, I'm glad I went with the variant. And also, I, I miss fucking Kassar on Wolverine too. Yeah. So we're dealing with the aftermath of the fact that there's two Lauras now. And... It also crosses over with exterminators. <laughs> yes, yes. And this makes me very happy because the way they talk, it kind of hints to me that maybe we'll get more exterminators. I hope so. <laughs> because that book is amazing. Um, yeah, and so we kind of like, you know, get an idea that yes, there are two Lauras and there are going to continue to be two Lauras. And whereas younger Laura isn't necessarily happy with it, she'll deal with it. She just doesn't ever want to see her, which I thought was really interesting the way she put it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really interesting. And I like the point they made, like, you know, if one of us dies, they're probably not bringing them back. Right. 
And I'm like, that's really true. They don't bring back duplicates. So we'll see. Um, I also like the brief moment with Everett and uh, Jubilee because they were in Generation X together and they were so much fun together in that book. Oh, yeah. So him popping her bubble and stuff. It's just like very fun, like throwback to that. Um, and then also, sec- also it's cool too because it's like, was it she invites him and it's like, uh, think you can do like uh, you can think of what it takes to be one of us, and it's like uh, I just be the star, I just be the star of the show, Jubilee, and it's like yeah, he's been running with it in this book, girl. You don't want him seeing the show on the other book too. <laughs> um, and then we get like sexy time with Laura and Everett, which is nice. I Doing X Men stuff, yeah. <laughs> and then we get background that Beast is just like, I don't trust this shit, and Gene and Emma being like, shut the fuck up, Hank. <laughs> fuck up dude <laughs> no one gives a shit we all know what you're up to you asshole <laughs> shut the fuck up like and i'm like good good fuck that guy <laughs> the worst and we get a tease of the next arc yes which is currently going on mm-hmm. in captain marvel right now which i have i have waiting for me in my folder i'm gonna be picking up the last three issues of captain marvel so i can tie in well with uh these next two yeah but yeah, basically, it looks like it's the crossover is the brood, and it looks like the Star Jammers are infected, including Corsair. Um, and it looks like he's going to shoot himself, which is oh, very interesting. That was so dark. <laughs> that was so dark. Yeah. And next, Lord of the Brood Part One. Now, here's the question: Where's Brew? Right. That's what, what I've been wondering. The Brew. <laughs> so, so that hasn't he hasn't even been addressed in the in Captain Marvel right now. No, no, not at all. Interesting. I think they've said what happened to Brew, and that was pretty much it. Hmm. So it's a pretty big cliffhanger because then because then like the next yeah. issue was uh, one of the events. Yeah, uh, we'll see. <laughs> so that's it. What else have you been reading? So I you, think I, you know you're doing your graphic novel reads of the year. Again. Yes, new year, new new list to go. The new goal is one fifty physical books. Because last last year I ended up at one fifty three, adding all the multiplayers. So let's see if I can shoot for a real real goal of that of that same number. And this week I got to catch up on, I did finish The Magic Fish, and that was just gorgeous. It was a very, very touching book of, like, uh, the, both of these are going to be YA books. Um, yeah, there's a language barrier between Tian and his mom being a second generation and third generation um, immigrants uh, from Vietnam. And 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 the way they bond, they, they bond through fairy tales. And so there, you get this um, retelling or this slight uh, different version of Cinderella and the Little Mermaid, and and like it's cool how like they cross over, but it kind of it comes back to the story. It's actually it's, <laughs> there's a lot that happens, but it is a very well contained book. The Little Mermaid uh, story has a very 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 good uh, design on Ursula, like her like like all together like she's just she looks super dope. And the part where she swims away and she just becomes a black silhouette, and she's a hammerhead shark, and oh, it was such a cool little transition. Um, so I definitely recommend the, the the magic fish, and the whole time it's like uh, Tian is just struggling to to come out to his parents, and there's there's a really cool like spin on it. Also, half of the book is to like the mom's perspective because her part is just as important. Really, really good book. I highly recommend it. The magic fish, and the other one I finally read Taproot, a story about a gardener and a ghost. It is so cute. It is so fucking adorable. It is a much a much smaller book than magic the uh, the magic fish, but the way it made, like the, these two bursts of cries. That were just like I read it all in one sitting. It's that it's that quick of a book, but I cried once in the middle and at the end because it's just so fucking cute. But the way they span, like it felt so long in between. It's adorable, it, and and there's there's such a like 
for like a slight spoiler, there's like a positive spin on necromancy, which is kind of like where the book tends to go on the second half. Really, really cute. Um, And the other one, uh, because shout out to um, one of my viewers on Twitch, uh, Harley, a while back ago, they they cashed in for uh, Pick My Next TBR and they picked uh, Space Raiders, Space Riders, uh, Volume 1. A long time ago, I read uh, the first issue to Space Riders 2 and that's what my introduction to it. So I've, I've been sitting on this trade for a long time. It is awesome. It is just so brutal. It's from it's from from Black Mask. Um, it is just like a very 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 uh, Jack Kirby um, inspired book with like the visuals and like just like the space oddity of it all, um, and just like the attitude about it. Like the like these pages are just so sick and just like simple, but just like the way it just goes into just like the epic tale. It, just, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but just wants to just have fun on, on this like literal space ride. Um, yeah, awesome, man. This one is like a uh, shout out to uh, created by Alexis Zirit and Fabian Rangel Jr., written by Fabian Rangel Jr., and art by Alexis um, Zirit, and lettering by um, Ryan uh, Ferrier. Yeah, so those are kind of the three books I kind of like knocked out this week. Nice. Uh, I started reading Spy X Family. Yes. Uh, I hate myself. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Yeah. It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, because I started watching the anime. Okay. And I love it. And I'm like, fuck, it's on Shonen, isn't it? And I looked at it, it was on there. I'm like, damn it. Yep. So I've been reading it. I love it. Whenever I have nothing to read, I'm reading that. Um, I got an email for me backing uh, Don't Avert Your Eyes, which mm-hmm. is a Black Mask book from Pat Shand. And part of my uh, contribution, I got some digital books. Uh, from Black Mask. So I was able to read a couple. I got Destiny York 1, which I've read, obviously. Yeah. Um, Nobody is in Control 1, Pirouette 1, and Snap Flash Hustle 1. Uh, so I have all those. But I also got God Killer Volume 1, The Whole Trade. Oh, nice. And so I read that. And that book, I highly recommend this book. Uh, it's from Matt Pozzolo and Ann Wysichik. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, dude, like here, I'll just show you one shot just to show you like the art oh and that's the interior yeah oh that's good dude it's it's an absolutely gorgeous book it's really cool and grim and dark and the kind of shit you would love like it's so great so highly recommend that one um the only other thing i've read and i'm actually in the process of reading is a uh, quick story there's something going on in the D community i'll give the short version Oof. D&D is trying to change the open game license. It used to be that you could use their D20 system freely. Yeah. You can make whatever you want. They make it free for everybody to use. Well, now they tried to change it. At least it's debated. But they sent out a, a kind of like agreement that changes it. But they're saying it was a draft and not the end one. But it's this whole thing. Anyways, they've walked it back. But mm-hmm. they basically had it where whatever you make in their system, uh, first of all, they can claim possession of it and say it's theirs. They own it now and you get no money for it. Right. Uh, which is fucked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm doing as much as I can to buy shit that they didn't make in that system while I can. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. um, so my favorite campaign setting is Eberron and the, the creator of Eberron is Keith Baker. He doesn't work for Wizards anymore. So he actually makes his own Eberron books through DM's Guild now. So I picked up Chronicles of Eberron and Exploring Eberron. Oh, nice. 
and just got those in. I've been reading Exploring Eberron. I've only had it for like two days, but it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the best campaign setting, in my opinion, because it's very much magic steampunk. Oh, gotcha. But also like a continent that's very much deepest, darkest Africa, and there's a lot of political intrigue, and it's just the coolest campaign setting. I love it. So really having a lot of fun with that. Make your own um, Black Cloak mystery <laughs> with that one. Yeah, basically. Like, there's a lot of similarities to that in the main city, Sharn, which is really cool. So, <laughs> all right, but that's it. Anything else before we move on? Um, no, no, just uh, the tease for next for next time. I'm uh, going to ah, going to be reading um, the, the Scarlet Witch book, the 2016 run, the Jamie Robinson one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that'll be uh, that's like next on my plate. Nice. All right. Well, those are the issues that we had this week. Uh, so make sure to check us on Twitter. You can find me at WHI Podcast Keith. You can find our producer Liz at WHI Podcast Liz. You can find Hostway at Hostway Reads Hostway. You can find this show at WHI Podcast. All those are on Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter because you'll be notified when new episodes come out, which should be every Saturday morning. You'll get a list of every book that we reviewed, complete with all cr- full creative teams so you know exactly where uh, what is being reviewed, and you'll have timestamps. So if you only have time to listen to one publisher, It'll be really easy for you to find it. Uh, so make sure to check that out again once and again on WHI Podcast on Twitter. Now, our other show, Jukebox Vertigo, can be found at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter. Uh, that is our musical playlist building show. On the show, every episode, we have a randomized category. And us, our friends, and special guests build a playlist based around that category. Our most recent episode is our end of the year awards, the Remy Awards. And it was just me and Josue in that one. Mm -hmm. We had a blast, though. Revealed all the winners. Added those to the playlist. So make sure to check that out. Our next episode, which will come out not this Monday, but next Monday, is Weeb Have Issues. uh, Where we're going to add songs all about Japanese nerd culture. And I'm very excited. It's going to be a blast. Our producer, Liz, is going to be joining us. Oh, uh, excellent. and, And she's very excited about it. Because whereas she doesn't have great taste in music, she has great taste in weeb shit. So already made the uh, devastating cut. I'm already accepting it. We'll talk about it on the show. <laughs> yeah. Now I mentioned the Remy Awards. Oh, before we get to that, uh, when the episode comes out for Jukebox Vertigo that evening, you can l- join a listen party where Hostway is going to listen to the music that we added while playing a video game. That's on Twitch at Hostway Plays Hostway. Uh, so make sure to check that out if you follow him on twitter you'll get the announcement of when he's going live now i mentioned the end of the year awards the remy's for jukebox the we have issues ones have not come out yet because it's a much bigger edit Um, however that will be coming out this next week i will announce it online when it does Uh, we'll usually leave it up for a day or two to let everybody listen to it before we actually publicly announce the winners so if you want to know the winners you have to listen to the episode first yes Um, so make sure to keep an eye out for that and I believe that is everything that we need to go over. So do not forget to bagboard and box your new treasures. And we'll see you next week with a new batch of beautiful books. Stay safe and read more comics. Hey. Oh, hey, Jeff. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, talking about Superman. Oh, cool. I could talk about Superman. I could talk some more about Superman. We know. I'll bet a few people would want to get in on this. I'm down. You know it. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. Cool. Let's do it. We can call the show Men of Steel. And you can find it at CertainPOV.com. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Yay.